0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the resurrected winners you podcast. As our, my name is David, and I'm sitting 2,022 miles across from Mr. Alex Holdridge. How are you doing today, Alex? Hello, happy New Year, sir. Happy New Year to you too. What have I missed out in that introduction? Because that felt shorter than it normally is. You missed out getting things wrong or having to think about the number, having to redo it every time. I knew the number. I, <clears throat> I had a distance. Yep. We're in it. We're in it. We've done we're, it. We're here to talk about 2022. It's while we sit in 2023. It's a new year. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. It's a
1: new We hour. are nothing if not revisionist always, anyway. So we're carrying it on for an entire year's worth of
0: revisionism. Yeah, I always wondered, like, do we have our new seasons, or is this just, like, one endless season? I've just watched the original, the first series of the original Star Trek while I was on Well Over okay. Christmas, and... There is thirty episodes in that, and thirty episodes in a season when each episode is around an hour long feels like an eternity. So, are we like episode seventeen of season one at the moment, and you're like, "We're right, and we're right in the weeds," or are we just like an EastEnders in which we just go and go, and we go and go until someone turns the lights off, and at which point we'll, I don't know, have a fight
1: in I a pub. I definitely remember being confused when wwe started saying it was the end of their season like what are you talking about Even are <laughs> on next week what does that mean in many cases um with
0: their season finishes at wrestlemania is that right i think which yeah is a, I which is on so. a sunday Probably and then when... they
1: have raw on the monday <laughs> <That's Yeah>. where... <laughs> season starts again tomorrow <laughs> i mean yeah i guess this is technically season two this is our second game of the year i suppose starting on 51 will be on season three if you if people want to Collect the box sets. Is this is the end? Is, like. So do we need to end on a cliffhanger? Yeah,
0: we could do You're it like. Play next. This <laughs> is Sopranos. Yeah, we'll be mid conversation and then we'll just cut it. I'm going to
1: hold you to that at yeah. the end of the show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Although that Why are we it, here?
0: Why are we here? What 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 plans does What's the Lord Almighty have for us? We are here <laughs> yeah, exactly. to talk about game of the year, obviously because we are a video game book club podcast this is not going to be a game of the year as you've probably been listening to on every other podcast because every other podcast that does video games does a year in year in review podcast
1: what does it wrong they do it wrong
0: they should be doing the top 10 games of 2022 based on how many games we have played
1: yeah so if you, if any new listeners have been suckered into that you know they've just gone game of the year mad and they want any content that has Game of the Year written in front of it. We've got here some for sour it. news for you, because <laughs> there's not a lot of games from 2022 in our Game of the Year. Are there any? No, think about it. Like, So as well, we discovered,
0: one. I thought we played uh, Super Mario World this year. So my concept of years and what we play each year is gone completely out the window. Yeah, okay. We've got one. That's we've true. We've got two. Two. Um, yeah. Yeah
1: was the second maybe 3 oh yeah we've got 2 no i think no i think one of i think the first game we covered last year was from the year before wasn't it and we we would have had 3 but we've we've pushed God of War back to the start of season 3 because david got the small c over christmas and it was a, everything got ruined everything got ruined yeah i couldn't i couldn't place anything that had any sort of quick movement in it i just felt sick yeah <laughs> What a bastard! So yeah, that has not been considered for our game of the year awards. No, wouldn't have won anyway.
0: Don't worry about it. So yeah, I guess like so. How we've done this, Alex has kindly gone through and created some what do we call it, categories for us, in which we have behind the scenes gone and given each of our top five lists. And I guess we just talk about the list. Is that how we're going to do it? We're
1: going to come up with the top three and then a winner. Or yeah. like, a, well, but, the top. three. yeah. Th- yeah. We'll we'll cut stuff uh, as we go when we decide it's going to get cut and then we'll end up with a final three as you say and And a a winner winner. yeah okay i guess we did last year but we've got fewer categories than we did last year because it went on forever i think we had to split it in two parts if i remember right yeah we did that That was a long old slog that one wasn't it yeah we'll keep it we'll keep it shorter this year we'll keep because yeah (laughs) we talked about all these games because you can just go listen to the podcast and hear two hours on that every single game in here don't get don't get me wrong we've not struggled to fill the list in any way that we've set out but the
0: thing i thought was interesting in creating this list is that because we sort of just do this podcast off our own backs for a bit of fun um we tend not to play games that we really hate so like we've got a (laughs) we've got a like what have we got worst game of the year list and i was going through it and i was like i don't have, i don't i don't literally hate any of these games there's lots Mm -hmm. of there's like These are my least favorite games of the year, and I guess by proxy that makes them the worst games of the year. But there's some games. There's at least there's at
1: least two games on my worst games of the year list that I quite like. Yeah, I think least favorite could be a nice way of putting it. To be honest, yeah, maybe. Um, I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever change our stance on playing only games that we previously (laughs) liked. No, not (laughs) typically. And I think similar to last year we will probably end up giving the worst game of the year to a game that came out in the year because they're the only unknown quantities that we play. Yeah, that's true. And most of the ones that we find utterly egregious get cut from the podcast and binned. Yeah,
0: even ones we don't find egregious, even ones we're sort of just struggling to jive with. So one example of that, we should we should have had a, a top list of games that we tried to pod about this year, but never made we it. We should, yeah. Because the one that jumps out to me when I was like thinking about games that I when played this year, but not for the podcast, the one that kept jumping out to me is Rogue Legacy Two. Because we put quite a lot of hours into that, and then we just thought, this isn't, this isn't sort of jiving with us, so we just sort of dropped it and yeah. moved on. That's maybe my
1: biggest disappointment of the year that I didn't like that game more. Oh, we could really have done that, couldn't we? Because I remember there was a plan to play Nobody Saves the World, which I put quite a few hours into. Nobody saves the world. Yeah, you're the one who told me about that. That's the Guacamole dudes. Oh no, I did play a bit of that.
0: Yeah, I played quite a bit of that as well. Probably put about six or seven hours into that. Yeah, yeah, that was another one that was quite disappointing because it just became quite rote. I thought, like, yeah. Anyway, we're here to celebrate
1: 2022, not put goals. Yeah, we are Actually, every other category. Other no, there's two. There's two negative categories. Where we're going to start negging, and then the other ones are all <laughs> posy.
0: Yeah. Well, we start off with best stories. Are we doing this in order? Let's I do was? it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let's do best story. Well, if, if if our friend KDB from the award-winning Gears Intel podcast um, is anything to go by, you have a voice that everybody loves. So I think you should read the nominations or the nominees. This time you've only got to read five because I'm pretty sure every single one of them is the same for both of us. We let's do, do a different order. We have a, yeah, we have a, so our our top five was,
0: so we, I, I think we should um say this before we start. Again, to give you guys a rundown of how we did this, Alex kindly put together a spreadsheet spreadsheet for us and put a nice little list beside to remind me, because again, I thought we played Mario World this year, um, of the games that we played in 2022 so that we could go through it. We then, Alex obviously did his first, so he was completely blind. I... Knew he had done his list, I just didn't look at it until I'd done my own list and added it to the spreadsheet at the end so that we could do this independently, which makes it even more interesting that Best Story has the... Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it just says the type of games we played this year. But
1: I did not play a lot of story yeah, games. This year.
0: Um, so the best five story games that we think we played this year are Inscription, Firewatch, Wind Waker, Prey and Binary Domain. Where will we start, Alex? I want I, Do you know where I would like to start? I want to start with Binary Domain, because that game mm-hmm. has
1: no right to have as good a story as it has. <laughs> I think it is a really, yeah. really great story, that one. If I cast my mind back to the actual podcast, mm-hmm. um, which I've tried to be doing today, um, I haven't listened to any in prep for this, I'm pretty sure my opinion of the story at the time was that the overarching part of it, like the idea, the world, mm-hmm. the general arc that the narrative goes on is great but the mm. interactions between the characters is what yes. lets it down because some of them are just really annoying yeah and the
0: interactions was it between big Bo and the chinese sniper were like yeah gross at <laughs> times yeah. and also um i know this is best story but i just want to drop that in it, it is just a not as good like gameplay wise it's just not as good as gears of war it's like shooting for that yeah. type of game and it's a very good game but i think because we've we've all played gears of war recently haven't we um yeah surprisingly
1: not this last year either that i
0: no, like thought that another 2022 thing but no um the only time i have played is is because remember we went through we were trying to play some horde pre-christmas oh, yeah. Yeah, and we still haven't managed to do that so Maybe we will, but yeah, I I booted up some Gears of War two for that recently, and even Gears of War two feels nicer and snappier than Binary Domain, But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the story. And yeah, I think I I think mm. I I think you've reminded me there, and I ultimately do agree with you. The overarching, and it's a really interesting story about what life and what sentience means. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, it's a it's a real proper sci-fi story that uses. um... I don't know. Is is there race discussions oh, well, in yes. there? Yeah, that's surreal, definitely proper. something
1: that we picked up on was like racism or like otherism or whatever it was. Where yeah. fear of sort of difference, yeah, or outsiders. Um, I remember we did have some good laughs about how somebody was born. Was it Faye the Chinese? Oh yeah, she's, she's half. She's half half robot. robot. But yeah. we didn't know how that worked. We didn't how know you know? impregnate a robot woman and. What Because wo- that means that the guy who created them would have had to put a womb inside all the robots for it to work. Bizarre. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of nonsense in that game, but the general premise of loads of robots who don't realise they're robots suddenly find out they're robots is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think Although so. we, th- I think we also agree that they were probably built as adults and given false memories rather than. Little kids who yeah. then grow all up without ever like skinning their knee and seeing some fucking wiring. You would have to imagine like someone out playing yeah. football and getting like a real bad leg
0: break. Yeah, just circuit that boards would... hanging out.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, so I'm... that's not going to win. No, it's I not going to win. You probably... <laughs> can probably cut it right now. Yeah, I think, I think I felt like that was a desperation job from me. I chucked it in. Out of all the, we played twenty games this year for the listeners, and I. I think the only other one that I even really considered for this was Elden Ring, but I actually don't give a shit about the Elden Ring story. Probably good and has loads of lore, but don't yeah, care.
0: I find I think probably overall it has the best story of the of the Souls games in my like. I felt like I was sort of loosely following mm-hmm. it from, mm-hmm. the, or at least loosely following the major beats. But yeah, for the most part, I was. I was like, I'm not gonna understand what this is. My favourite and I was just trying to skip past what it what it would be. Um the bits I did enjoy about Elden Ring was the sort of the stuff that that is really great about most of the Souls games and this it's the sort of like what do you call it, emergent storytelling, or like you'll stumble mm-hmm. across like there's a bit that for some reason sticks out in my mind in which I stumbled across a sort of it, it looked like like a druid circle in which like all these sort of wizardy people were standing around it doing a spell and in the middle of the spell they had like this sort of um reanimated corpse coming back to life that you stumble across in sort of the first big area um and i love that i that sort of thing thinking like what is happening here what are Mm -hmm. they trying to do if i just stayed like would something happen or would it not that's the storytelling i like in the souls games rather than trying to figure out what the fuck is going on with some big spider demon that's trying to have like come out a red moon or something like that yeah it's
1: very game of thrones in that Mm. way in that yeah every single character in game of thrones will have a huge backstory to them that if you read the books you may know and it may tell you what it is like if you read the item descriptions in an elden ring or whatever but you're not concerned with that once you start watching game of thrones you just want to see a man's head get squished Or some tits. Yep. So in Elden Ring, it's like, I just just want to do all the boss fights, really. And if I read all the stuff and the lore, it's all there. It's probably really good. But the way those games tell their story is not really conducive to an engaging narrative. It's it's only engaging if you... Purposely go out of your way to engage with it or watch Varty (laughs) video. There's no, yeah, the only way I ever really know what's going on in those games. So, the other, the other one I enjoyed was I felt we had slim pickings this year. Yeah,
0: it was one of the day it's one of the, this is, this will be the last one I talk about because it's probably not interesting hearing me talk about my moments in Elden Ring. Um, it's when you and I were playing co op that day and we stumbled across the Eye of Sauron in the sky. (laughs) <laughs> so then we spent that's one of the ages, coolest bits of the game, yeah. yeah We've spent a long time trying to like so we we sort of figured out organically what was happening because we kept there's an area where you started going, is it madness really quickly, and we yeah. figured out that it yeah. was the eye of Sauron and we had to stay covered from it and stuff like that. So we managed to sneak our way up, explore the town, and sort of kill the eye. Um yeah. you know, that's that, that sort of story. But it's a story of two lads going on an adventure rather than the actual the actual game ourselves. Is this an automatic? Yeah. Is this an obvious jumping point? Talking about lads going on an adventure to talk about Wind Waker now? Uh,
1: yeah. So let's we, we are cutting Binary domain, aren't we? Yes. Um. Yeah, and we know Wind Waker a game we've only just covered in the last couple of episodes because of its anniversary, and mm. I think we've both agreed that it's up there with the best Zelda stories in that it it's yeah. just different enough from the typical formula and adds in elements that are not what you typically associate with that type of fantasy action adventure game it's not Mm -hmm. all demon lords i mean it is but it's not all princesses and whatnot it's grounded in a in a sort of pirate style swashbuckling adventure Mm -hmm. rather than hyrule field and hyrule castle and all that kind of stuff again even though hyrule castle was in it I'm talking myself out of liking the story as I say all these things. <laughs> well, I think it's definitely out there with the best Zelda stories. As we said, it's far better than Breath of the Wild, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, I think I think for me the the two sort of jump out points is I think games like this um and Zelda games, in my experience, are at their best when they are being pure, sort of joyous adventure encouraging exploration and wonder um and i i think for me that this game did that um it does a it does a great thing and it finds a way to make you want to interact with every island you come across and i think the yeah. the it's the same thing that that hooked both of us i i would i would ha- hazard a guess with sea of thieves and that there is something inherently um captivating about what adventures might be over the horizon when you get on a boat there's something there's just something i don't know i don't know how to describe this but just the sense of adventure you get when you're jumping on a boat and you're off to explore i think is really really powerful for me in this zelda in in Wind Waker um mm-hmm. and the other thing is it tied together the let's let's put in sneer quotes the lore of the Zelda Zelda <laughs> Zelda games in a way that I wasn't expecting and actually when I realized that I was exploring uh one of the previous one of the few previous Zelda games that I'd ever played and I was like oh my god they've tied this together in a way that yeah. I wasn't
1: expecting I actually quite enjoyed that yeah, it's quite dark. It's a it's mm-hmm. like a post-apocalyptic Zelda game, which is mad to think of it, when you look at how bright and cheerful it is, but you're actually playing in the flooded remains of an entire kingdom where everybody died, except a few got to stand on the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how do you think um, um, this compares to Prey?
0: Because I guess that's, like, looking at this list... Um, that's what we're talking about. We've basically got our one, and in- we've got our first two that we'll discuss, I guess, yeah. after this. Um, and then for the third spot in the final three, it's really a toss-up between Wind Waker and Prey, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and Prey is probably the one thing I felt I almost should go back and look at the story for or listen to the podcast on because a lot of the moment-to-moment beats I don't really remember from Prey. I just mm-hmm. remember that it definitely had a proper story in it and it was the beginning of the game where you suddenly realized that none of it was real is quite cool i don't necessarily yeah. think the end of it was satisfying for me as you uh, will get to later where it all just becomes like the whole thing was a simulation I'm not entirely yeah. sure i like that part of it but in its sort of bioshock light um premise i'm a i'm a big fan of certainly the way that it's it, the way that it's story dictates it how the game looks and feels mm-hmm. uh, is is it is its biggest plus point in that column.
0: Yeah, I think um, I think I agree with you. For me, the the beginning of Prey, when you sort of wake up, do the loop, and then you wake up again, and then you realise that not always as it seems, um, and there's a lot of like fakery going on. I think that's possibly one of the best openings in. It's, I'm, I'm trying not to be hyperbolic because I know I've got a tendency to do it, but it's certainly it's a phenomenal opening that I think would be better than most games out there. Um, mm. This is a thing is that as I get older, I'm becoming increasingly aware with the fact that I think these sort of open world exploration, even Metroidvania type games, which I kind of think this is sort of shooting for, is yeah. that it's difficult and not many games do it well i think the witcher is probably one that does it well but a game that has a sort of overarching story and manages to keep me engaged and remember what is happening so like if i like do something then you're coming back 40 hours later or 20 or even 10 or 4 whatever and then you're meant to pick up where you left off there's the what's it what's the the used to be the favorite saying in video games ludonarrative dissonance in which like Mm -hmm. gta suffers from this and which which it like the way the character acts and behaves on screen is at odds with what's going on around them and the story that's unfolding around them. And it's just this sort of open-world nature makes it difficult to sort of tie these things together. Um, ways that I've seen it done well, um, again, to like sort of link back the GTA one, is is to give you story beats and bursts. Um, so, like, with GTA, when you're doing the heists and stuff, for example, it'll, it'll unload a whole load of story. In quick succession, so you'll you'll spend longer stints playing the story. Whereas I found prey sort of just tried to drip feed me things over. Yeah, over there was no the real cutscenes in it or anything. It's No, just um, the occasional chat with somebody really isn't it. And that's a tough thing. That's a tough way to do story, I think, when you um, are trying to. Because so because you're right, the story is interesting and it has something quite unique to say. It's certainly in comparison with other video games. Um, yeah and i think we were quite disappointed by the end of it one because it it does sort of fall apart a little bit but two because of the way it was received i don't think we'll ever see a sequel to this will
1: we really no no and the way that the way that it ended also kind of made the 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 way you can strive for different endings before the real ending mm-hmm. <clears throat> kind of makes that almost seem meaningless because yeah. it was all just a, a test of the the sort of sentient robots that are trying to turn you into a mix of the whatever the monsters are and a human. Mm. I, I would say as well for me,
0: that because I know like I, f- I find it odd that we're sort of comparing um, Wind Waker's story to Prey's story, because I guess in terms of like, I don't know, I don't want to say quality, but like, the most story we're talking about best story here and not the most story um yeah obviously i think prey has probably got the most to say and it says more interesting things but for the type of game it is i think wind wakers for me worked slightly better because it just says you're on an adventure someone's got your sister off you go and then as you sort of explore the world they sort of bolt on a little bit, and it never gets complicated. It's always very, very simple, but at no point was I ever like, what am I doing here? (laughs) Why am I doing this? exactly. It was always clear
1: why I was doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, And weirdly as well, like, Wind Waker is a a game that obviously has a map, but very rarely will do any kind of... You can't really mark things on the map. mm -hmm. You can't set objectives and waypoints and things like that. You don't do obvious side quests that you tick off boxes for or anything and it's very it's very much a game that is focusing on being a game as Mm. you say so it keeps it very very simple and it has to then try and funnel the player through the objectives in a very basic non-intrusive way Mm. And yet it does it so much less video game than God of War. Which basically yeah. outright has characters just telling you, you should probably do some of this first. Oh, you don't have this shit. Whereas Wind Wicker still still grounds it in like the epic narrative of, you know, you must go here and unlock this sacred power to open this... Sealed door with the sage who will play his magical instrument, and the song will allow you to enter the temple and rescue the. You know, it it keeps it all like that rather than making it too blatantly gamified, like God of War does, where it's just people telling you the answers to puzzles all the time. So it's in a way that it 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 uh, presents its story, I think, is very commendable in that it keeps the focus on you exploring and having the adventure mm-hmm. and it just kind of organically happening around you if you scurry off somewhere something else may happen
0: yeah but then i guess on the flip of it there's moments in prey that will really stick with me um mm-hmm. it's like the sort of
1: unfolding narrative around your brother there's that bit where you they they absolutely turn your brother into a a really sympathetic character from being clearly a sort of a bad guy at the beginning that you think you're going to have to to off and he ends up being a lot more sympathetic by the end.
0: Even the sort of interactions with your your so-called self... That happen throughout the game, I think, are quite mm-hmm. interesting. In and you're, I not, like the mad
1: chef as well. The mad chef,
0: yeah. You're not sure if you're not even sure if you can trust yourself at some points of the game. Which I think you're right. Yeah. The, the mad chef is interesting. And then there's the guy that your brother sends in to go and get you. Yeah. Um. And there's so many ways you can sort of deal with him. You can just sort of outright mm-hmm. kill him. You can set up a chain of events at least to his death, or you can try and save his life by like dragging him into an escape pod and stuff like that. And then, or you can.
1: Sort of wipe his memory to before he knew you were a threat, so that he then all he knows is how to fly a plane and get you out. And you can kind of utilize his skills whilst sort of erasing the fact that you're supposed to be enemies with him. Yeah, Um, yeah. I do. I would probably put Prey over Wind Waker here, even though I didn't in my in my one to five. But yeah, let's do it. And the acting of Prey as well, I think is yeah great. Like, like so many good performances in that game especially i think alex uh is his name alex alex you yeah is. alex yeah. you yeah his brother his brother is, is is really well done
0: um i yeah i think i think i think i ultimately agree with you i I think i put prey oh i did put prey above wind waker um yeah you did yeah yeah i think yeah i think i would put prey I, I like i say i still have issues with the delivery but I think ultimately the story is very, very good. Um, and I, I do also agree with you that the the way that the story plays out does make a lot of things feel
1: pointless, which is a bit of a shame. Mm. Yeah, because I lo- the, the different endings you can achieve, I mm-hmm. think, are really cool. But that you can end the game really early, can't you, just by getting in the escape pod and buggering off. Yeah, you can. When they turn the simulation off at that point, you can even kind of hear a hint of them admitting it's a simulation that you're not the correct test subject they need to try again Mm -hmm. he says something like oh it's not the one like let's try again or something and then the game just ends it's quite cryptic at that point but then when you know what's going on it makes sense as why that ends the way that it does
0: it's a really interesting thing and it i don't know i guess it ultimately comes down to personal preference but i find it when like video games and movies Obviously, have different ways that they can tell stories, but because of the short nature of movies, so I mean, like, I mean, they are getting a bit longer these days. But let's say two and a half, three hours for a really in-depth story drama in a movie, and you're in and out. So, like, actually, you can do a lot there, and you can take a lot of lists, risks, and you can you could do some quite controversial things because the buy-in from the viewer is quite small. I think the the risk you have with video games, and it's the same. I remember. How, many, many moons ago when we were podcasting and talking about L.A. Noir, at the end of L.A. Noir, the spoilers, the character, the main character dies and nothing really changes as far as I can remember. And basically it was just like, yeah, you tried to start corruption, but you died and you
1: failed. So They give you a funeral, don't they? Yeah,
0: and I remember coming away from the thing, I've just spent what 40 hours with this character maybe like and you're you're just going to do that to me you're just going to make that you're basically going to render everything i've done pointless it's annoying yeah <laughs> and pray yeah. pray maybe doesn't go over that line but it certainly skirts right up to it for me um yeah absolutely so i think it's it's, a, yeah um, yeah it maybe makes the top three but for me it's the third solid third i think i yeah i think i agree which brings us to our other two, which we're looking at inscription and firewatch. Which one do you want to start with, Alex?
1: Let's do let's do yeah, let's do Firewatch.
0: Firewatch, the story is really all it has. Uh, well, and all Moss, <laughs> <Yeah>. I suppose. <laughs> with a, yeah, it's quite a visually pretty game.
1: The story really, um, as you say, being all that it has, needed to be engaging and it needed to be delivered well. Mm-hmm. And the the voice performances by Rich Sommer, and I'm not sure who the female actress was, but she's famous. The as well. two of them, yeah, were excellent like, really excellent. Um, e- easily the best performance of uh, probably any game that we've covered mm-hmm. on this podcast. Yeah, probably.
0: Oh, it's Sissy Jones. I don't think we will know her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we do. We do. Um, it's Sissy Jones. It's the person that played um, the little boy's mum in The Walking Dead game. The little boy's mum. Yeah, what's she, what's she called? Oh, and she also um, played the main character in. Oh, What's that? Walking Dead, like that we absolutely loved back in the day. Let's have a let's have a look. So she is Delilah in Firewatch. She is Joyce Price in Life is Strange, and she's Catcher in the Walking Dead. That's probably their three. Oh, Life is shows. Strange. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and she's also in God of War Ragnarok. She plays additional voices so she's
1: she's kind
0: of <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah she does yeah she does um yeah sorry i i think i derailed you there but what's so it's delilah voice. and
1: what's the guy's name
0: it is rich summer he plays henry henry that's it that's right um i think the interesting thing about this and in ultimately in media it's not that interesting but it's the first game that I remember doing this and doing this quite effectively is a sort of flawed protagonist in that like, I don't want to say he's a bad person because he's not, he's just someone that has found himself in a situation that they're wholly unequipped to cope with and he handles Mm. it in probably the worst way he can but ultimately he realises that And then it's an interesting sort of cut towards the end because you you sort of have this relationship with Delilah that develops over the course of the the game. And if you're like, you know, like when you're going around and you sort of find that there's like the guy that lives in the cave and he's sort of made a sort of character profile of everyone. Yeah. Um, And you read about Delilah's character profile and saying that she's, Cheats on her boyfriend, she's maybe got alcohol issues yeah. and stuff like that and like, I think the way that the game finishes is really quite powerful because it really plays into the sort of nature of the characters so like, I'm not sure Henry I don't know it's up in the air whether Henry decides to go and try and fix his mistakes or not um, and mm-hmm. Delilah acts exactly in character and she runs away when yeah. Henry tries to sort of move the relationship on a little bit and it yeah, I, I which love is adult.
1: contrast. You know how the game starts where Henry has just run away.
0: Yes, yes, true. I, I never, never picked up on that. Um, how did the kid stuff affect you in Firewatch? I don't, I don't think it landed as with me as much as the sort of interpersonal mm-hmm. relationship between Henry and Delilah Yeah,
1: did. no. Yeah, I completely agree. You, you didn't have enough time to really... Well, you didn't know anything about the kid either. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's more of the the dad, the way that the, the dad character sort of began to blossom out into what you see as why he did it and what he was like was, mm. was actually quite interesting. That was more interesting than, you know, just the sadness of seeing a dead kid in a cave. More of how his dad then sort of lost his mind a little bit in dealing with it and just could never leave the uh, forest or whatever it is yeah. that we're in. Mm-hmm just kind of found himself tied to that almost like he just yeah he can't let go and he's gone a bit mad so and he gets he gets painted as the the antagonist when he's really not no can you think back to because this was when we
0: covered this podcast this was the second time i played it if i remember right this is the first time you'd played it is that right yes did the the stuff get you properly how did can you remember when they start talking about the sort of test facility that's got the gate around it and then you sort of discover writing about yourself and you discover Mm. someone's been listening into your stuff and you start being paranoid about being followed and watched and stuff. Did all that sort of stuff work? And because like yeah, you're, uh, yeah, you're sort that's of that's the strongest to, part of the game. Yeah, I think. you're trying to work out: Am I being watched, or is this just me sort of getting cabin? Is it cabin fever? Is that the
1: right word? The right well, term? he doesn't even seem to know if he trusts his own thoughts at that point. He doesn't even yeah. know if he's really talk like if she's real, and he thinks he may be imagining her. That's yeah. He really sort of starts to unravel at that point. It really does pick up at that, and I, I genuinely felt tension, you know, for mm. him and what was actually going to happen. Um, obviously, it doesn't really come to anything in the end. It's, it's all sort of working themselves. Into just frenzies. the notes of the, of the, of the crazy dad guy,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's his notes, and I remember Henry gets knocked out at one point. It's just, um, is it Ned? I think. Um, mm. It's basically just thinking you're getting too close and tries to scare him off. Basically, um, yeah. Tell me about inscription and why that's going to be the other one on our top three list.
1: Yeah, inscription is a is a game that I just you can never really be sure again of where it's going and what's mm-hmm. actually going on. Everything is so concealed and dark and mysterious. Um, and the fact that it at the beginning, when it starts interspersing its clips of the the guy who's actually found the copy of the game, yeah, and it's just like oh, him yeah. doing YouTube videos of him like collecting the cards and getting stuff sent to him and going to try and dig up discs and stuff. Started off a little bit goofy when they mm. first show it. You just think, oh, what is this like silly little um, incursion into this like weird YouTuber's <laughs> nerdy life. But by the end, it becomes again. I mean, the end of that game is fucked up. Yeah. Um. He, he gets killed at the end, right? Is it someone yeah, just busting through his There's door and just, just the door him. and
0: shoots him? Yeah. And then takes the um, disc and leaves.
1: Yeah. And then how the the sort of the game itself is trying to delete itself, and then you have to start all the enemies that you thought were like these evil characters that were trying to. Break out into the world and take it over. Suddenly, start just wanting to have one more game of cards with you as they're all being erased yeah. from existence. Um, yeah, this this was a a game that's probably equally good in both story and gameplay departments. But yeah, both of them are it's like so intriguing throughout. Like I never felt bored. I never felt like I didn't want to see what was coming next in this game. I was constantly wanting to move on to play more cards and to see more story. Yeah, it's just a really gripping video game.
0: Yeah, and, and I, I agree with you. I've, I'd forgotten about the sort of YouTube videos that you'd sort of stumbled across, and mm. I love how, you're right, it, it goes from being quite goofy and then there's like a point where it flips, much like the gameplay does very, very often throughout your time with inscription. It just sort of flips and goes from being this sort of slightly goofy, kind of silly thing to being quite deeply sinister. And you're like, Very. what is what is going on here? And then that sort of really just it the pacing's great because like you start off and you're you're sort of laughing and giggling along, engage with the narrative, and then something happens and then everything changes and just like the weight of the game changes, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. And um yeah, I think for me this is the best game story wise to played in the year.
1: Yeah. I, I completely forgot that the guy's name was Luke Carter. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> I mean the fact that it, that the game changes as well, mm-hmm. you know, when it goes into that like 16-bit RPG for a while, and I remember thinking at the time that that I didn't enjoy that anywhere near as much because it started to just throw all the different types of cards at you, didn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. So you've done the whole bit with the um, Leshy, the guy in the cabin. Yep. That's the first sort of you know real hurdle you get over, and then it just completely changes the style of the game visual mm. in every way just visually the cards are totally different you've got all these different like you've got the ghost cards and the skeleton stuff and um the robot as well um and then it kind of goes back again to being that sort of 3d version again where you're in yes. like the the robot's little facility instead yeah and you're walking around you
0: can is this where you can start leveling up cards properly um hmm then there's that really odd bit at the end obviously when the game sort of falling apart and everything starts to delete itself where you start moving like at, there's there's like actual people or like like 3d renders of pe- like people that you're moving around do you remember that
1: yeah that i remember That's being one of the games' you never actually got to do
0: yeah and i didn't know if i was playing it properly or not but i think i don't know if there is a way to play that
1: properly i wish there was but no i don't think there is and um, is that? I think that's that's obviously after the bit where you're fighting all the robot characters. That's um, right. Where he's like, he starts taking over the game, doesn't he? And then it starts to throw all that like meta shit at you, like you are. He's using cards that are your Steam friends list. Um, and there's the part where he threatens to delete your game yeah. or something, doesn't he? And it just puts a text file in your. In the game, thing that just says, like, that it's gonna, it's not really gonna delete the game, but it makes it look like it was going to. Um, because it's sort it, 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 that links into the actual game that Luke's playing where he's supposed to be deleting it and it's gonna delete it on your machine as well. It's just, ah, oh, it's just so clever. I, I also like how,
0: so like, the Leshy and those sort of guardians of the game, you initially, like the Leshy, initially feels like. A really quite scary madman and i think he is but then there's towards the end of the game you're like was he actually the bad guy probably not because mm. they were it was them that was keeping the cat under control wasn't it who turns out to be like the real
1: bad guy in the game yeah yeah interesting yeah because you yeah you even get those cards as well at the beginning don't you they start talking to you and say yeah, yeah you need to help me get out of here or whatever and some of them, parts of them is like out in the actual cabin as well. Yeah. So clever.
0: Yeah, it's got to be winner for Just, Best Story for me.
1: Yeah. So to me, uh, that
0: gives us our final, which is the winner of Best Story of 2022. The winner is you podcast is Inscription with Firewatch at number two and Prey and number three. Alex, do you want to bring us in to Best Gameplay?
1: Yes. So the nominees that we have... From the five that we each picked, are Luigi's Mansion, Super Metroid, Legend of Zelda: The Wind Waker, Inscription, Elden Ring, Diddy Kong Racing, and Symphony of the Night. Um, we've obviously just talked about Wind Waker, yeah, and Inscription actually. Now, Wind Waker, the gameplay there, yeah, it is fantastic. It hasn't, it hasn't dated itself really at all. Mm-hmm. Zelda games themselves have largely stuck to that formula, yeah, forever. So it kind of feels as as playable as most of the 3D's elder games. Mm-hmm. Um Inscription, I am slightly disappointed in myself that I didn't include that in Best Gameplay, probably because I looked back at it and instantly just thought of it as this just like mind But the card game itself is actually brilliant. The card game's brilliant.
0: Um I, I really enjoy the sort of roguelike part of like the first third of the game where you're moving the the wooden guy up and you're playing this game against Leshy. Um that was mm. a period where I was playing a lot of card games and sort of messing around with ro- roguelikes. Um so yeah. it, was, it just sort of really tickled my nuts in that regard. And then <laughs> in terms of gameplay how it just totally tw- like turns itself on its head and becomes almost like a Pokemon game in the second yeah. section of the game. Um yeah, I thought this was really strong, um, and I think the only reason it's not number one here for me, uh, for me it was number three, um, is because I think the other, the two games ahead of it were just, like, uh, really top moments of my year in gaming, so it was beaten out by just two seminal titles for me, really. Um, yeah. But I did love Inscription gameplay, it was a really strong contender for gameplay.
1: Yeah, and obviously by the nature of us having more nominees this time, which means we're we're not as aligned as we were for the first category. So this one's no, going to be harder to I mean, stuff.
0: I I would say we leave it just now and we pick another game and discuss that and we can sort of loop back around. Um, I don't know, for like Ease, we've got the same sort of top two nominees, which would be Diddy Comrace and Symphony of the Night. Will we just move them across to the in to the category right now? Do you want to talk about them yeah. just now? Or will we talk about them when we're doing our final three.
1: Uh, yeah, because they've already set themselves in a position, so we will mm-hmm. we'll put them over there already. And then we'll discuss the we'll discuss the the
0: sort of seedings. why they yeah. are where they are. Yeah, yeah. Alex, throw some Elden Ring
1: chat at me because I'm open to this one. I yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of the way the Souls games play, um, and. I don't think any of them play better than Elden Ring. Uh, No. It mixed... It it put that formula into an open world that was the biggest... Well, first of all, let's let's think of it as... It's a Souls game without being called a Souls game and it's open world. Mm -hmm. So there was those two things there that potentially could have gone against it and made me slightly wary of is this going to be anywhere near as good? Because... It's not got the soul's name in it, so it's not in that universe. And it's now open world, which how are they going to fit their usual from software tricks of level design, shortcuts, you know, looping around on mm. each other, bonfire, all that kind of shit? How is that going to work in an open world? And not only did it work incredibly well, it's probably one of the greatest open worlds, I think, that I've seen in terms of just how it is. Fully like overwhelming and immersive world to be in. There's mm-hmm. nothing that feels video game about it. it. Everything is explorable. You can go absolutely anywhere you want. There's mm-hmm. no helping you with anything. Um, there's no like ticking off, you know, loads of shit on a map. It just is what it is, and you can just go anywhere. And stuff happens everywhere. It's like there are moments where it's kind of sparse, and you are. Going through just the scenery for a bit, but those moments of calm are all the more um not enjoyable, but needed in a game that's as yeah. like <clears throat> ridiculously difficult mm-hmm. and can be quite oppressive against you. When you do stumble across something, you're very rarely seeing the same thing twice. Think of all the different think of how many enemies there are mm. in this game compared to God of War, just off the top of my head something that we've just been playing which admittedly does have more enemy variety in it than its predecessor did well prey is Um, another one because it's going to come up in our next category is a
0: a game that it's probably well it's about half the length and has about five percent of the enemy variety if that in the game yeah i mean i mean if you think as you dig into elden ring i would say and this is not to undermine your point because I totally agree with you. You do start to see sort of repeating bosses um quite often um in the smaller dungeons. Um I Oh say, yeah, sorry, in, um, in them, yeah. There's quite a lot of like repeating enemies and repeating bosses, but I, given the size of it like there's there's a lot of times I've fought like the I don't know some salamander looking thing with a different name um but that said these things are few and far between and Yeah, Uh, yeah, I totally agree with you. I just thought that was probably worth mentioning.
1: Yeah, but if you think of a game like something like, like Breath of the Wild, right, or Mm -hmm. or or Wind Waker, you know, Breath of the Wild is something that people are going to probably relate Elden Ring to because they're both you know taking a a franchise that was already there and then plopping it in a more open environment. But Zelda games have had the same types of enemies in them. Since day not Well, yeah. Whereas, I think... from software, basically build a complete bestiary every single time they make a game, and fill it with all these ridiculously weird mm. and wonderful creatures. I and think... in this case, as well, they also give you a million different ways to fight all of them. I think... Because the amount of freedom you have to build a character mm. in any way that you want, min—you don't even need to min max. Everything is viable. Everything is powerful. Everything can be broken if you if you think about it enough. It's just, it's just a wonderful creation in terms of this medium, of, of something to play. Like I say, the story, hmm. but yeah, um, gameplay. I think it's almost faultless for, for, a, song, for a from software. Song it's sort like.
0: of Wind Waker on steroids, isn't it? Which I think ultimately means we need to cut Wind Waker from this on my list um, because it's just in terms of like creating a sense of wonder, exploration, and encouraging discovery. It encourages players to sort of just check around that corner to see if there's anything hidden just hit your sword off that wall in case there's a hidden passageway down there and why is this weird vampire lady cuddling me like it just sort of yeah drops these little tidbits of information in there which are enough for millions of people to then go off on this quest to try and figure out the answer to what they're looking at or get to the end of something they've discovered and or maybe yeah, they'll be out thinking right. I'm going to go and level up, and then they dis- they sort of stumble across this secret room, and then fast forward three hours, and they're just like coming out sweaty and beleaguered, but victorious of having just sort of slogged their way through this dungeon. And the more we talk about Elden Ring, the more I'm thinking it has to be the third of the top three, the the, the final entry. But we haven't even we haven't even discussed Super Metroid, Wind Waker, or Luigi's Mansion
1: yet. Just quickly, before we finish up Elden Ring for the time being, um, one of the, the things I remember most vividly about that game is when you and I both... Well, it's me. I think it was more you, because I watched it happen to you, I think, where you get sucked into that um, treasure chest. And oh, it yeah. Like, yeah. takes you to that weird area with those alien horrible things. centipede men. Yeah, that it's such an effort at that stage of the game to get back out of mm-hmm. there and when you do get out of there you end up in that fire area that was just yes. like terrifying to the where the fuck have I come out like I need to I, I desperately needed to get out of there like I can't this is de- I, just by looking at this in the in the horizon in the distance in the scenery in the vistas <laughs> I know I'm going to get fucked up I need to get out of here mm-hmm. and luckily you were able to warp at that point once you get there but obviously you come back later and it's it is what it is it's okay, just another no part thing. of the game but yeah. at that point it was so terrifying that I just been dumped in some random place. I had no idea where I was because you you've not times. unlocked that part of the map. You're just in, you're just a little dot in the middle of all the fog of war. Yeah. You've got no idea why you're so far away. Yeah, and it's it's just a master
0: in sort of game design as well. Because I'm even thinking of like how the game teaches you to play the game um and we we spoke about this endlessly in which it is one of these games that will not bend to you and it will mm-hmm. keep bashing you over the head until you figure it out and it's like when you come out of the out of the sort of starter dungeon and it basically places you in front of an enemy that is just going to annihilate you so yep. you know like this game is not messing about that stay away from him he's dangerous and then you sort of sneak around him and then you see enemies like him later on and it makes you think twice about um, attacking them. I remember the first time you come across one of those carriages being pulled by those big yeah. giant things, and I'm like, I really want to see what's going on there, but do I? Am I brave enough to go over there? Um, yeah, that stuff is is really great. And this game's been out what a year, over a year now, and there's still things being discovered. It's only been recent that that fan theory is uh, is sort of surfaced about uh, that the. The bears are they turning into a dragon? Is that what people think? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think you were telling me about this. Um, yeah, I think this has got to be number three. Is there anything?
1: I guess did we're did gonna Elden Ring come out it come out in February, so it's just about a year. Yeah, it's just getting there. Yeah, well, I'm delighted to have it as number three, but let's let's give dues to Luigi's Mansion because that is just probably let down by being slightly repetitive. Yeah, I'd say it's slightly it's basically a mechanic utilized throughout the whole game but it it's just so fun it's just such yeah. a fun video game and the variety of the ghosts that you have to take down is what i think elevates that above all the other luigi's mansion games which don't have that idea mm-hmm. in them they, they, they mix different ideas every time they've done the game um but yeah i just had such a fun time from start to finish with luigi's mansion even though i, I think the gameplay is something that as i said does get a bit repetitive but it's so well done that initial idea is all they needed clearly they it does
0: and um this is a fine line i think we've spoken about it a couple of times there's a fine line for me between making me rerun the same area over and over again and getting sick of seeing it versus Rerunning an area over and over again and actually just feeling like i'm getting more in tune and more understanding and gaining more knowledge yeah. of the area that i'm in i mean dead space is another another example of a game that does it really well in which they make you kind of you move around the ship or i guess we're talking about luigi's mansion so you move around the house to the point that okay. if someone said go here i would know the exact route to get there and mm. at no point did that that i can remember that ever feeling boring or dull or tedious um it, <laughs> It became tedious to an extent for me because I couldn't find a, a bloody key that I was looking for that you found. Um But I think <laughs> that's that's my a fault. Massive yeah. bit, yeah. Um, but yeah, the the game did a great job of drip feeding and sort of familiarising you with this mansion, and to the point that the the mansion becomes a character in its own right. And I, I think yeah, that it's a really, really, really well done game. It's like you're saying, um maybe it could have been a bit quicker. I don't know um but yeah i think for like moving about um because obviously he's quite a trudger his old luigi when he's going around the house but yeah this is a great game uh gameplay wise it's fun it's fun to engage with the ghosts it's fun trying to figure out the puzzles even um yeah. yeah it's just a really inventive game that is deserving of being spoken about on our game of the year podcast but not the top absolutely game. wind waker we've spoken about we're going to cut that too just to sort of round it up. Um, I think ultimately Elden Ring does everything it does probably better. So that's probably why it doesn't doesn't make it. But yeah, I I loved Wind Waker.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, probably complaints that were labelled at Wind Waker at the time were that it did feel very, very similar Mm -hmm. to um, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. They didn't really do a lot to to change up the the combat or anything in that Mm -hmm. game. But it's still just felt so natural and intuitive, you know, using things like the boomerang and the bow and arrow Mm -hmm. and the leaf. Um, There were some cool additions there. The sailing is perfectly nice and enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we were talking, we were playing the HD version, but we were talking really about the original, which has some flaws because it was so rushed and therefore, you know, you can't have a game in in the winner of a gameplay category that has a fetch quest at the end because I didn't have time to make any more dungeons.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I still, I'm still shocked and I think I will always be shocked because thinking that I was coming towards the end of that game and then they unleash all the Triforce shards that you've got to get on you. And I just assume because it's called a Triforce or there'll be three bits to it. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You've got another eight hours of gameplay, mate.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Super Metroid is... For me, you know, it's a, it's a classic for a reason. Mm. Um, that game will never will never age. It will never not be playable. Um, it's it's super tight. The exploration is excellent. Like the the upgrades, and it really was sort of the catalyst for modern Metroid. And you could see its roots in everything that they've done since mm-hmm. the first game of Metroid is fine, but this was a, an absolute masterpiece. Interested to see how you feel it stacks up against Metroid Prime, which I think is another excellent game. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one you prefer of the two. They're obviously both massively revered. There have been a lot of best game ever lists, but the two of them.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure, actually. I think t- I think I probably mm. enjoyed Metroid Prime a little bit more, but, mm. I mean, it's close, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, they're both excellent games, and Super Metroid made me realise why these games this sort of type of game is great if that makes sense like there's other like i've sort of dabbled in sort of these metroidvanias before and the one that probably the closest other than another one that we've got on this list or the closest previous to this year that i would come was guacamelee which is another excellent game but i don't know for some reason i could understand why it was great but it just never grabbed me in a way that uh symphony night and the two metroid games did that we played and I, i think metroid prime Maybe just pips it because it's first. I don't know. I was going to say because it's first person, but I don't think that's fair either. I don't know. I, I like liked the music and I perhaps like the environments a little bit better. Um, mm. Yeah. I felt like I they they both did because bit the Metro Prime took a while to get used to the controls because it was definitely using a using a GameCube controller. I felt the jumping, um, in super metroid took a little bit of getting used to but again once you get used to it's it it's quite floaty yeah that
1: game. um it's definitely slower and not as tight as, as symphony of the night mm-hmm. um yeah loved it great glad we played
0: it should be on yeah. this should be on this top list that we're talking about but
1: maybe not top three for me mm-hmm. which one do you want to talk about first? i mean we i guess we are talking about metroidvania so probably that does segue perfectly into symphony of the night which uh, you and I both put as our number one game, so that is, probably, spoiler, that is going, to going to win. Probably going to win. I just um, think this game
0: grabbed me in a, a wholly unexpected way. Um, I went into this thinking I knew what I was going to get and thinking I knew what I was... Um, how I was going to feel about it but I it's it's happened a few times over the course of us doing this podcast I mean the Resident Evil games and there's other ones later on that we'll speak about but like when I just think oh no I get why there's a big fandom around these games and I used to look forward to my lunch break so that I could switch on and stream it and hope that you would drop by and we could chat about it while I was playing and it's to me it's the it's the right balance between I mean the design is almost perfect of the game like the way that you can the the castle design layout again it makes you go back and forth and ultimately you end up learning upside down (laughs) upside down yeah um the enemy variations are great the being able to it sort of drip feeds you powers in a way that kept the game feeling fresh and i thought the balance between it was there's areas of the game that are quite challenging but i thought the balance between just being fun engaging encouraging exploration and then periodically coming at you with something quite difficult was quite well done
1: yeah um, yeah I just love this game it's phenomenal um, the The addition of the RPG elements to it as well I mean we said it at the time on the podcast you know it shouldn't be forgotten that this was the first Metroid game that played in this way mm-hmm. this is you know the, the, the birth of this genre we're talking about Super Metroid and this being those two catalysts for the whole thing to kick off from there in the way that it did because all previous Castlevania games were very linear level based games you know where you're just doing one stage after another yes the theme is obviously very very similar here but having the map that unlocks as you go having the items that you need to unlock different paths backtracking all that kind of stuff and the RPG elements to it were all a first in this game for the mm-hmm. series and obviously they were probably borrowed from metroid or super metroid but it's the way that that castlevania has been ever since and it's never gone back to the opposite style so and it's honestly never been bettered by castlevania um and probably never will be
0: yeah it's the for me it's the best one and
1: yeah, yeah, but there are a lot of great ones that I, I'd be very interested to see you try.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll maybe
1: we'll come to them at some point. Yeah, if we if we make that a theme again this year, as we had a very brief theme of it, we played Super Metroid, followed by Symphony of the Night. I would very much like to posit that we play maybe one of the DS Metroid, oh, sorry, yeah. Castlevania games or Bloodstained. If you've not played that, I think that needs to be. Yeah, you need to play that if you've not, because I think you'll absolutely love it. If you liked Symphony of the Night, that's but that's site. for another time. Another time, um, and that is our winner. But our runner-up is also definitely worth talking about because it is just an, an amazingly wonderful time that I will hold de- like dearly in my heart till the day I die.
0: Yeah, this for me is it's it's funny. It's always funny when you're doing sort of game of the year list when you're comparing games that just have no business being compared together. <laughs> yeah, um, but Diddy Kong Racing is just a game that. Sets out with a plan and delivers on said plan almost flawlessly.
1: It, like, it, Even though it wasn't actually the plan in the first place, as we said on the podcast, they sort of stumbled completely across it. ripped this everything plan. up and started again. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, yeah. It does
0: that in a world, because this was. Is it fair to say this was a sort of peak kart era was this was this when crash team racing and stuff was coming out and
1: obviously uh, Mario that well, yeah, was, was playstation wasn't it so yeah yeah uh, mario kart 64 had definitely been out before this so yeah this was rare's answer to that it, it
0: does a great so job of sort of differentiating itself from everything else like it it's yeah a, it's, a, it's a kart racer that's got boss fights and the boss fights yeah were such a highlight for me i used to it, it some of my favorite me- memories of this year is sitting trying to work out how to beat this boss. Absolutely, and it had it's it's created a game in which you were sort of rerunning the same sort of boss over and over again, but sort of just trying to figure out. I mean, is there is is it too far to say almost like an Elden Ring? You're trying to figure out what the weak points are in this.
1: Yeah, person, best this strategies yeah. and the best. Yeah, you're trying to optimize your route. Um, you were streaming it and me and I can't remember the guy's name now but that dude who was watching along yeah. trying to figure out which balloons you should be grabbing in which order to maximize your attempt you know your chance of winning I, I loved watching you play this this year because it's something i would played for so many years myself since 97 or whatever it was and knew so well that to see you learn its ropes at this point in our lives and overcome it as well was yeah I- it was a highlight of my year it
0: handled it handles absolutely fa- fantastically as well. Like as, it does, as good as any other kart racer, even today. Like it, yeah. and I think that's important. And I think that's something I'll, I always look out for when we're playing older games. In that, like a good game is always good. Like Super Mario World plays as well today as it always did, and that's what sort mm-hmm. of to me stands out between a true classic. And in terms of kart racers, I think Diddy Call Racing is every bit the the cart racing classic. And it, even like yeah. In terms of like, if you if when you take the boss fights, when you take the the different vehicles, you take the tracks, you take the the coin collection in that Like, you're always doing something different, and that is mm. you can say that about basically no other kart racer around. Um, it's the single player campaign yeah. just has you, never. It, there are you, yes, you. Pro, if you're gonna, if we're gonna be pedantic here, pedantic, pedantic, pedantic. If we're going to be sticklers here, maybe the <laughs> maybe there are probably not very many tracks that I can think of. I think the the variety is not great, but I never noticed that because every time you come back to a track you've already done, you're either in a different vehicle or you've got a different thing that you have to do. And yeah, it's just done really, really well, really, really well.
1: It's definitely got more tracks than Mario Kart Six, does it?
0: Okay, so it's my my feeling of few tracks just. Unfounded.
1: Well, I mean, I guess later games probably had more tracks than Diddy Kong Racing, but you've got five worlds with four tracks each. You've got the four battle arenas. You've got the boss arenas. You've got then doing the this silver coin challenges on every single one, where you have to reroute your your way through them all. Yeah, um, it's packed with stuff. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And right. then you've got then yeah, you've got the whole adventure in Mirror Mode, and you can do the whole adventure in co-op.
0: And then there's the TT races again
1: and And then uh, yeah then there's a time trial to unlock the best character in the game and i said it at the time and i'll say it again now that the fact that the game is so heavily weighted around player skill um where you can lap people the there is no randomized items it's all placed on the track you can pick the ones that you want there's such a like an eschewing of random bullshit that you don't that you get so much of yeah. in mario kart games that's what makes this timeless because all you can do as you g- carry on playing it is get better and get better and get better without any hint of random that's going to ruin anything for yeah you. you can just become excellent at the game and that's why i love watching speed runs of it with because you know that it's all about pure skill
0: that's it uh, yeah absolutely because i think um there's one sort of incarnation where people would see the lack of variety in. Uh, pickups as a negative, but actually, yeah. ultimately, I see it as a positive because, like you say, there's no blue shell that's going to mess you up. There's no, um, oh, you're in last, we're going to give you some stuff that's going to make you go faster. No, it'll give you the same stuff. There's no, no rubber banding at all. yeah. There's no rubber banding. If you make a mistake in later parts of the game, you're as well just starting again because mm-hmm. you're not going to catch them. Um, for some, that might be a negative, but for me, once I sort of understood what was going on, it was, it was a complete positive.
1: Yeah. Not as positive as Symphony of the Night, though, which no. is our winner of best gameplay
0: with, of twenty twenty two. Of twenty twenty two, number two, Diddy Kong Racing. Number three, Elden Ring. Indeed. Which let's brings lower us the on, tone somewhat, shall we? Which brings us on to to Alex's fantastically named category, most bullshit. Which we've got some good ones in here, actually. Um, <laughs> let's do. give you, a, let's give us a, a quick run through. We've got. Melania's Blade of Michaela, Metroid Prime Endboss, Scorn's Open in a few hours, the resi 2 Teenage Boy style inventory management, Praise Ending, Praise Enemy Variation, Medal of Honor checkpointing, and. Well, I've got two Wolfenstein 3D ones here. Every level of Wolfenstein 3D and <laughs> Wolfenstein 3D isn't good anymore.
1: <laughs> Where do you want to start, yeah. Alex? I think what we could start with is both of our number fives are bosses. Um, Yes. Yours is is the the end boss of Metroid Prime, which probably may have knocked it out of some lists, some of the positive lists for you this year. Because I genuinely saw your enjoyment of the game as I watched you play it. I could tell that this wasn't one that was, you know, that you had no bones with it at all. And then all of a sudden, when it got to the bullshit at the end, then you were done. And yeah I,
0: just it I, over. I really really didn't enjoy the end boss and i just yeah i have I, put it in number five and it's the reason it's not higher up because i think ultimately i needed to have the same attitude with the end bosses that i had with diddy kong racing the problem was is big in, in like my issue with the end bosses I, I just wasn't i wasn't good enough and i just needed to get better um and for the same things that I'm praising Diddy Kong Racing for, and it was spoken about Elden Ring for, absolutely apply to this end boss. So I get it. But for some reason, this one just rubbed me completely the wrong way. And rather than thinking, oh, I need to do better next time, I was just getting frustrated and I was getting angry. And yeah, I really didn't like it. But the reason I put it in number five, like I say, is that... I I just needed to get better at it. <laughs> I, just, yeah. I just didn't want to get better at it. I just wanted it to stop was the problem. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. you're right at the end at that point. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, and whereas Melania, Blade of Mikula in Elden Ring is something that I would, uh, you know, if you want to get better at that, mm-hmm. that's going to take serious, serious practice. Practice that I couldn't be asked to put in and luckily there's a load of summons that you can have to help you, that I used, and basically was so overpowered by the time I got to her that she didn't really cause me jip. However, just the the very design of that boss is such a a cheeky dickhead move. In that, not only is she one of the quickest, like most hard hitting, fast bosses you're going to fight in Elden Ring, she also does constant Scarlet Rot damage to you, and she heals herself every time she hits you. So it's bullshit. That is bullshit. A boss that can heal, heal itself throughout the entire fight just by hitting you and is doing the the worst version that Spromsoft has ever done in terms of like the poison build up or whatever in Scarlet Rot is fucking bullshit. However, I put it at number five because I just used my summons and my really overpowered weapons and Dicta. It's <laughs> absolutely but... gave it a doing. <laughs> But I know that she has been, you know, a big talking point of this year. That she has been a ball like to a lot of people. Yes. Talk about Resident Evil's inventory management. Resident Evil Zero, sorry, or inventory management. Because I completely forgot about this, and I am—you've uh, <laughs> changed my mind on a lot of what I've put in here because I'd forgotten about what you're going to talk about. This was the.
0: So you, you maybe remember why, but for some reason that I've forgotten. Or deleted from my ptsd adult brain was that for some reason Resident Evil did away with like the shared inventory box that you could go to safe rooms yeah. and sort of collect old items, which seemed smart, I guess, at the time. But actually, what that re- resulted in was you having to do a lot of back and forth, filling up your inventory, walking to the area that you you were sort of designating as your base of operations dumping everything on the floor before doing another trip over to then dump everything on the floor again. And then beyond that, once you'd dumped everything on the floor, sometimes if you had put something beside something else at the wrong angle, trying to pick up the thing you wanted was an absolute royal pain in the neck. And yeah, it just you ended up having, a. have called it the Resi Zero teenage boy style inventory management because they, your inventory management becomes take everything and throw it on the floor. And then yeah, and, it really is. Just go and pick it up when you need it. And it was so bad. And what do you think? that I was trying to think back when we discussed this game. Was the thinking that...
1: The, the thinking is that you had two characters, so you could carry more. Okay. And they felt like having item boxes wasn't needed. And I think they maybe also wanted to try and show off the fact that it could handle having all the items out on display. And, oh, yeah. look, it shows up on the map, so what are you are complaining about? But they've never use that again. Everything's <laughs> <No. laughs> gone back to either item boxes or, or an inventory so that size that you can increase, which they did not do in Resi Zero either. It's more I'm realistic. I'm totally with you. It is more realistic, of it's course. It's just not fun. Yeah. You... No. It's not fun in any way because there, was, there were times when I would, especially if it's a critical item mm. as well, I think if you're going to do that where you're dropping stuff, don't make critical items part of the fucking main inventory. Yeah. Because that is nonsense. Especially if you're going to make me carry, what is it, like that hookshot thing that takes up two inventory spaces. <laughs> like, that is bollocks. And as you said, there are certain rooms where the, the fixed camera angle is obscure where you've dropped it, and you can probably never find it to pick it up again. And then it's you've, um If
0: you're trying awful. to pass, you know, there's a bit where you're trying to sort of join statues together. And then if you're, your mate's got a full inventory like you're saying you're having to pass things drop something on the ground so that you can pick yeah. up another, oh yeah it was just a it was just a needless faff and I get it like yeah. like I say like I think I agree with you Like, they're obviously just trying to show off that they can do it and it is more realistic but we play video games it's got to be more it's yeah. fun has to come before realism
1: in almost every every scenario yeah and it just wasn't you've almost literally already opened Pandora's box why did you take it away yeah, but you you, cre- you created this, the magical floaty box. Why why are you taking it away? It's uh yeah insane, but luckily not something they ever went back to. But that's a strong contender because I think I'm going to get rid of Mikala or Melania, whatever the fuck she's called. Yeah, let's, um, Well,
0: I'd say let's let's get rid of Metroid Prime's end boss, end boss as well because, like yeah. I say, I'm, I'm, I think I'm fifty percent feel justified, fifty percent understand
1: it's just me that needs to get better at the game. <laughs> um, we've, got, we've got Prey in our in our list as well um, you you did touch on it earlier um, yeah I think there's a the about, enemy variation is shit it's really
0: really I bad completely and they, agree. And at some point they just take the same enemy and make it a different colour and that means it's got different powers and it never oh, yeah. never changes really throughout the game like the the enemy you're fighting at the beginning of the game is much the same as the enemy you're fighting at the end of the game they just sort of get bigger sometimes like to the point that sometimes i wondered if they just took the same model and made it bigger when they,
1: when they were designing <laughs> but it's not the game. exactly it's not exactly like an overly you know intricate model is it it's just a no. black splodge. which just sticks out to
0: me even more because the rest of the game Design of the spaceship is so sort of lovingly yeah. crafted, and it's just and I, I don't just...
1: even care that they are they, that's what they are because that is the threat. The mm-hmm. threat is that that's yeah. what's taken over the ship. That's fine, but you've designed the threat as basically a, a black circle and yeah. then co- spaffed it all over the fucking space. Station. I will say though, when they are
0: the mini mimics <laughs> mm. and they're sort of able to turn into different things. That is some of the most effective horror gameplay for me. I've played in many a year
1: because you can. And maybe that's into... why they're all the same. Yeah, because just to it...
0: technically be very different, they then make them larger.
1: It's the larger ones. that's the problem. Isn't yeah. It? yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I... And I think we've already talked about the ending as well yeah. of Prey. I. Don't... It. It is. It's slightly bullshit, in the as, as we said earlier, it's kind of rendered all the choices that you've made and what you fought through the game to get to renders that somewhat meaningless. But if that was a film, I'd probably be less annoyed. Yeah, and it's it, to me,
0: it's it's because it's the buy-in, right? It's uh, you would sat in yeah. your backside and, and spectated for a couple hours where you've inhabited mm-hmm. the body of this character for yeah. you
1: to for them to say, oh, everything you've done was pointless. Yeah, it was just his memories that you were reliving, and yeah, you're not actually that guy at all, and. I'm still alive, and I'm his brother, and I, yeah. If that was a film, like I say, I, I'd probably think that was quite clever, and it is quite clever. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't actually hate it as a as a, an idea no. that they have set out from the you know from all all along. You were just the world's actually lost, and they did get back in the end, and everything he did didn't actually work, and they're trying desperately to undo all of that. But as you've just said, the buy-in that I've already made for it for twenty odd hours makes it a bit of a fuck you and i guess it's not quite link's <laughs> awakening where he was just asleep <laughs> no or mario no. I think mario 2 he was asleep where it's all a fucking dream because but it's yeah it's the next level up i think yeah because i think ultimately
0: the things you do in the game do make quite a significant difference to the world in which they, they've created i.e like the ramifications of your behavior will be felt for decades or millennia to come because of what you've done and how it's sort of dictating the way they're going to approach what you are um but you never experienced that you're just sort of told about it and
1: expected to. and also the robots kind of like the way that they they um rate you on the actions that you took Yeah. Then it kind of makes it feel like, well, did he actually do that then? Obviously not, because mm-hmm. if he if the real Morgan you Oh, it's Morgan, isn't it? I got Morgan and Alex. Alex what is his know? brother, isn't it? I think. Yeah. So if like, oh if if Morgan lets that guy die in the airlock, then you go back and the robot version of that guy is like, Fucking hell, what a knobhead, you left me in the airlock. So clearly that's not what actually happened. Yeah. So then it becomes just kind of Yeah, like everything that you did didn't even necessarily happen where it tells you oh it's his memories but then it conflicts against the fact that they should know that that's what happened mm-hmm. but you've somehow subverted it so it's kind of cool that you can subvert the the reality of what actually happened but not when they just go well that was a bit naughty of you wasn't it shouldn't have done that now yeah. i give you a b instead of an a um yeah not the most bullshit though i don't think not the most, no, not the most bullshit. Hard, oh, yeah. I feel like Rezi's inventory shit is is has jumped over that for me. I'm gonna cut it. Okay, well, cut, I'd say cut both the 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 praise.
0: Um, I think we've we've given yeah. them a good. We've given because a,
1: the enemies are amazing that they can take over anything. They yes. just
0: they just don't change in any way. They really. just don't look very nice. Yeah. Scorn's open in a few hours. Talking about things that don't look very nice. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and, and I think ultimately this probably doesn't make it to the end either because you probably had less of a problem with it than I did. But fuck yeah, you it, had quite hope. a visceral dis- oh, reaction tr- to this in a way that I truly, yeah, I, I like strongly disliked it. It was very confusing. Was the
0: game just not
1: what you were expecting it to be? Was that part of it? That that was part of it. I think um, uh, you know, and everything looked the same. I kept getting lost. Mm-hmm. I, I just. Something was blocking me from being able to get into the mindset to understand what it was expecting of me. Um, the whole, the whole bit with the, the little egg bloke, where you're supposed to like drop him from that massive sort of slide puzzle and then push him around on a trolley. Mm-hmm. That's the area that really kind of got me. But having thought about it, like the opening few hours that really put me off the game, I powered through them and got to points of the game later on that were equal parts more enjoyable and less enjoyable Mm -hmm. so um i don't i don't know if that makes it and like i said you you didn't have that much of an issue with it you you just kind of figured it out and got on with it whereas i was sitting there struggling and bang it's kind of like metroid prime's end boss i kind of did Mm -hmm. it in a wanna yeah (laughs) and then you you it took you way longer and you just found it really annoying so i think i think we're that's where we're at with those two things is one of us struggled the other one didn't and therefore mm-hmm. opinions won't be the same although yeah. i do think metroid primes end boss is a bit bollocks as well i think so i'm um, kind of with you there
0: the yeah i think my, my ultimately my problem with with scoring is i thought there was bits that didn't quite match like that boss fight just sort of comes from nowhere and doesn't really fit with the rest of the game and um oh, yeah <laughs> the little crang boss fights <laughs> yeah and it was ultimately just a bit dull like
1: like it was so slow as well it was
0: so slow and the the environments are were clearly lovingly i don't know if that's the right word or intricately (laughs) grotesquely crafted i just didn't think they were very nice to look at because it was all brown and dark um and the game didn't really for me get into the swing of itself in terms of visuals until you left that area and got to the sort of final temple zone um
1: where you're fighting the weird robots with brains in the tumtums? tums yeah. So, yeah yeah <laughs> um
0: yeah and i think I, th- I i didn't have the same issue as i did with you with scorn but what i i think we would both agree on is that like waiting what was a five-hour game and it probably takes three to four hours to get interesting um that's too long yeah <laughs> yeah and there's yeah, a reason just... no one's speaking about it anymore i think
1: yeah it was just a really off-putting beginning for me like yeah it, actively made me want to stop because it was just slow and confusing and nothing was drawing me in the enemy designs were odd as well in this game talking about having come from prey there were like
0: one weird plucked chicken and then there was like a slug with a couple legs
1: (laughs) yeah and yeah I I never figured out how to actually quickly change weapons in the entire game which was probably the most bullshit was me I'm the most bullshit (laughs) But yeah, I'm cutting it. I'm cutting So That up means in, we've got our top three cause... then. So well, no, we don't really. Um, we've got two of the three. We've got number. We've got number three, which is I think Resi Zero's inventory. I think we can we can agree on that. Yeah. Um. And then now we just need to discuss our two and one, which we are pretty much in line with. And I was very surprised to see you putting Medal of Honor's checkpointing in here because you. Played it on an emulated version that allowed you to do save states, whereas I played it on PS3. How did I play this? I can't even you remember. You played it on now. PS3, that's right. Um... So I had to play it without the chance to save state and then reload. And holy fuck! One, that one level with the tanks in the street, the Panzer, where you go yes, around the corner and it absolutely one. batters you. It was the that nearly broke me. That's the hardest thing I've done all year. The check- you did it so easily as well. I was devastated.
0: The checkpoint and slash the the spawning I found was a problem. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should have written mm-hmm. respawns because it was that same level. There was like enemies literally like popping in front of my...
1: Oh, uh, yeah. With vision. good fucking bazookas.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, I That's so stupid. When it comes to like save states and stuff, unless I'm like... It, this is, and this is probably what shows that it was bad. Yeah. Um, I try not to use them unless I I try and play the game as it wants to yeah, play yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, unless it's like I just a quick, you know, like if there's a bit that I'm struggling with, I will use a save state. Because I, mean, I did it for Sega Mania all
1: the fucking time. Yeah, but that's well, it's Sega games. And fuck <laughs> that shit.
0: But yeah, but I, I feel I feel okay using them because it's like right. I've proven to myself I can get here. All it is 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 a question of time sync. So if I can save, uh, yeah, exactly, save time. Yeah, whereas like. It ultimately I, I started dabbling in them with Medal mm. of Honor because the game's checkpoint was awful. Like, you'd die and it would just fire you back so far. Or to the start do, of the level? Yeah. Um, there was no checkpointing. That's right, you're right. Yeah, it would just fire you right back to the start of the level. Um, and it, yeah. that Panzer level was the worst because it, it was a fairly straightforward level until yeah. you get to like the, the last, literally, minute of the
1: game and then it just goes yeah. wild. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, there's just loads of dudes with bazookas and tanks. They keep spawning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, uh, and as you say, they don't they don't run in; they just pop into thin air in front of you. Are, you can still, be looking. Yeah.
0: You can be looking at the place where they spawn, and they'll just start popping out. Yep, um, and it
1: spoils the game really bad. because I really I was so like having so much fun yeah. with it. Yeah, I loved that game. Really, really good game. Um, it's just there's it's just a fantastic World War Two shooter. It's mm-hmm. just needlessly like unfair.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that bit was that bit was horrid. I think it's very um, close to winning, but I think um, Wolfenstein 3D has to maybe take the biscuit because
1: the whole yeah, thing because ultimately is ultimately we had fun with Medal of Honor. Yeah, but Medal of- <laughs> Wolfenstein is not fun.
0: I, this was the thing. I, I feel like almost dirty being a video game podcast talking about one of the seminal first person shooters. Yeah, and it's being the most bullshit. one of the most important but, games ever made. Yeah, and, and we get all that, and we still appreciate that, and I think we said this in the podcast that if you're sort of a fan of video game history this is probably a game you have to experience just so that you've experienced it but if if you're saying do you want to go and have fun with this you can't i don't think i i, I don't think you can <laughs> have no fun, fun with in this it. in 2022
1: it's just not it's terrible it's from an era where you were what getting three levels of it mm-hmm. shareware that's in right. the post yeah probably probably waiting a few months before you play it ever again go nuts Keep going through the levels till you can do it quickly and you know where you're going. But if you're just trying to do it in 2022, instead of every other game you could be playing for a podcast, yeah, it's fucking wank. Yeah, because it's just it's just a maze, a maze that has no discernible way of getting out. It's just blue or grey walls, and yeah. that's it. And then the the <laughs> the key that you're looking for
0: will be hidden behind a blue wall that looks exactly the same to every other blue wall you just got to sort yeah. of walk along like nosing the side of the wall, tapping your
1: your action button until it just opens. Yeah, it's, it's not a good game now. Sorry. I think um, functionally, the way that the game plays is still pretty good. Yes. It's still quick. So it has that boomer shooter feel to it yep. because it is the granddaddy of all the granddaddies. Mm-hmm. It still feels fine. It's still really fluid and quick and the shooting is pretty cool. There's some nice gore in it. It's just the level design is atrocious. There is just there's nothing in terms of quality of life that, however many years, thirty odd years have given us since then. Probably more than that. Um, It is yeah. It is just it's just an ordeal from start to finish that I didn't enjoy. (laughs) Which is a shame because as we've both said, it's it's an absolute classic. It's so important. Yeah. But Doom is is such a monumentally better game in absolutely every way. Yep. That. I don't really care that we're shitting on Wolfenstein because. Did we play the original Doom for the podcast,
0: or was that just in our own time we played? No, it? we just dicked about. We played Doom sixty four, obviously. We played last Doom sixty four, that's right. 20, and then Doom I, one. I started playing Doom one and two. Yeah, because I'd already that. played
1: Doom one, I think, on Switch. I'd been, that's I'd right. been in a bit of a Doom kick at that point. Anyway. These games are still
0: fantastic,
1: whereas Wolfenstein yeah. is not. No. So that I think that has to win. It has to win, yeah. Like, it almost feels like that was a development remit. Just like, how should we, what should we put in all the levels? Just bullshit. Just put bullshit in them. (laughs) See how people figure that out,
0: knobs. (laughs) Okay, so the winner of Most Bullshit of 2022 was Every Level of Wolfenstein 3D, Uh, Medal of Honor Checkpoint number two, and Resident Evil Zero Inventory.
1: So that takes us to category number four. It is Best Surprise. There's not really um, an actual defining definition of what this means something that just surprised us yes could be a game could be a moment could be a feeling but our nominees are wario land diddy kong racing legend of zelda the wind waker dino crisis symphony of the night inscription david loving a zelda game prey mario land 2 and the ending of scorn (laughs) so we both We've both got a Game Boy Mario game in here. We just got a different one. And I think it's probably just safe to say that they both just held up incredibly well. Mario Land 2, I think, is up there with the best Mario games that there are in terms of it just feels right. It doesn't feel anything like Mm -hmm. Mario Land 1, which felt like quite different. Um, It's just a proper Mario game on the Game Boy. And Wario Land is very different to that, but it also still is an excellent. Little game that should not be overlooked. I think.
0: Yeah, and so you're going to have to remind me of this. And I think this is pro- the reason. The fact that I can't remember it is probably the reason it's not going to hang and end up getting <laughs> cut. But it links itself into the ma- into Super Mario World, right? The story wise, is that right? Wario Land. Yes. There's something. I'm sure there's something that happens at the end, and you realise, wait, is Wario actually the bad guy? Hmm. And I just can't remember what that is. But I remember thinking that and I was like, oh my goodness, this is actually saying something quite meaningful here and comparing it to other games. It might even be Mario Land 2, it links itself. Maybe that's why we played them together.
1: Yeah, because it's, it's, Wario Land is technically, the full title is that it's Super Mario Land 3.
0: Yeah. It's like a, it's sort of a Mario Land from the perspective of Wario. Does he not like mm. do all the work and get all the money or something Mario just
1: comes along and nicks it or something like that? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because you, you get a house at the end, don't you? Yeah, that's right. But you need to get shitloads, otherwise you get a terrible... Um... But I
0: I agree with you. Uh, Mario Land 2... Uh, sorry,
1: yeah, you get, the, you get the biggest treasure at the end, um, which is a statue of Princess Peach, and then Mario appears in a helicopter and nicks it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I knew something like that happened. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Well-remembered. Um, and, but I, th- I, th- I also want to sort of give special mention to your one. Like, I remember playing this and being amazed that, like, you're right. This is a proper Mario game on a Game Boy. It's not like mm-hmm. Super. Is it the first Super Mario Land where you're basically like a tadpole on the screen, going around beside an alien? Yeah, it's shit. pretty ugly.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got like four levels or whatever it is. Um, this one has like you know really good sort of Mario Three Nes style yeah, visuals. Yeah. It's got an overworld map. It's got like bosses. It's got yeah. It's just got variation in what it's doing. Whereas Mario Land just has a different background and some different music. Where this one had visually and thematically and gameplay-wise distinct levels from each other. You know, yeah. When you when you're in space and you're like you can do that sort of moon jump. Stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. That was a great um, game. The rabbit ears as well. Great power up. The rabbit ears. I just think Mario Land Two is like yeah, a yeah.
0: Um, maybe that should have been on my list as well. I just I for me though they're they're great and they're big surprises. In this again, well, this is a personal list, isn't it? Ultimately, but like mm. Game Boy games are not something I other than the Pokemon ones. Um, mm. Game Boy had a Game Boy and uh, Tetris as well, but like for the most part, handheld games over the years, especially throughout my childhood, just never grabbed me. So it's it's going back as an adult playing through old game boy games and realizing oh you were missing out on these things these were great (laughs) yeah which is going to be a probably a running theme of all my games in this list to be fair
1: (laughs) yeah but you know it's quite easy to look down on stuff like that now because it's black and white yeah you know it's whatever however many bits it is probably not even eight it's really old so you can you can sort sort of look at a game boy game i think well why would i bother with that they're also inherently more simple than even
0: other games yeah at it's time because of the hardware it was on
1: mm. but these two are both bona fide like proper mario games mm-hmm. and yeah they're both excellent but i kind of knew that mario land 2 was great i just this is the most i've ever appreciated it because mm-hmm. i was forced to sort of sit and then talk about it and think about how good it is or whatever whereas when i was a kid i was just like yeah, this is cool. It's Mario, but it's on a Game Boy, and I could probably never complete it then. Yeah. So I don't think they either of them hang. Cause... No. Um.
0: I also think like that was a I was a. I agree with you. I don't think either of them hang. Um. But it also makes me think that my number four on my list, Diddy Kong Racing, probably doesn't hang either because I knew I was going to like Diddy Kong Racing. I just I was surprised at how much I liked it. I played it. I played it on N64 as a kid. I enjoyed it. I just never. Never really clicked with what the game was going for. I think I, I think as a kid, I did, I used to do the races, play against my friend, and then I'd just drive about and try and run over the elephant in the main <laughs> yeah. eight hub area. Whereas like this, this is the first time I really got to grips. I was like, oh my god, this is a, a serious heavyweight in the kart racing genre in a way that I just wasn't expecting it to be.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I probably, I'd banged on about it enough that you, we probably shouldn't put it as a surprise. No. It was, it was more of a confirmation bias. Not even yeah. bias, <laughs> but a confirmation that Alex wasn't chatting shit. He, and continue, it actually he continues really to good. Bail it, recommend good games. The run goes on. Except Scorn, which uh, was, again, a game I did not enjoy. But I found the ending of that. Whether it's good or not, I did not see it coming at all. <laughs> Where he just basically... Well, they they just... they. Pick you up, they do all the weird shit, pulling all your guts out. You start crawling your way out of the wherever you are, yeah. the temple to the big open vagina hole at the end, and then, nah, not going anywhere, stabbed, dead, game over. Um, and that's it.
0: What a fuck you. I thought they were going to, when I first played this game, because the character, I think that, well, I think the sort of general consensus is, is the thing that kills you at the end is the character you start to play as first that dies that's right um, That's right i thought that what they were going to do is they were going to really run with that so i was like oh if there's going to be five acts and you're going to you're going to play five different human characters and each one is yeah. going to sort of because you start off in a similar area as well i think to what you, you did in the first one so i was like oh so i'm just continuing the work that the first person did and i thought the game was really going to build on that and then it just did it and they just no. it just fucks you at the end in the most confusing way Like, I don't have any idea what happened in that last, like, 30 minutes with the weird getting my penis milked to get my insides chopped up by a robot to being sort of carried by my own consciousness in a robot, (laughs) the crying things. Oh, it was just nuts. That game just, it was just, I just had no idea
1: what was happening. Yeah, just bonkers. But this is best surprise and that is not the best surprise it's just one of the biggest I think <laughs>
0: yeah in a way it was kind of apt and a game that was that you just did not enjoy <laughs> yeah, yeah it's
1: the most fuck you ending in it it's just, it really it's is like... I mean I, I kind of enjoy it because I don't like the game so it's kind of like of course they did that at the end Yeah, this game does nothing but have contempt for you from start to finish yeah. so yeah fine fuck me I guess you're right yeah I think I'm going to agree with you on this one as well. Talk to me a bit about Prey. Well, this is a game that we'd talked about for so long.
0: Mm-hmm. It's got a real sort of underground fandom, doesn't it? Like, there's a real yeah. sort of small but vociferous bunch of people that love this game.
1: Yeah, and it was set up to be something that I should have played ages ago. It yep. was by Arcane Studios. It's similar in tone to sort of a Bioshock mm-hmm. type of game. It has, like, physics-based combat in it. Um, but there there must have been something that... It it must have just been reception, right? I I don't think it got a bad critical reception, but certainly a commercial-wise, it just flopped. Like, nobody bought this game. (laughs) I'm not sure No one was talking about it afterwards. Yeah, it was.
0: I I think the critical reception was pretty good. Let me
1: have a quick look at Pre... I think so, too. In my head, it's like... I must have assumed it was getting sevens and thinking, well, I'll get to it at some point. Do you think... um the fact that it was named Prey was
0: part of the problem.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They Wii U'd themselves with it, and that people sort of
0: obviously it got it was in development hell. Yeah, it was in development hell for a long time, wasn't it? And then it like mm. the first game is I think I've got the first game on three sixty was some Mate weird American Native portal Ameri- shit.
1: Yeah, and this game came out and was just nothing like it. They reg they regret it. They definitely regret it. I've seen. I think we probably said it on the pod. I know some of the development team or the director or whatever regrets that they had to use that name. They didn't want to, but it got an eight point two, eighty two. That's good. Yeah. So yes, yeah, it's, that's a good score. Um, and I, so it, in terms of best surprise, is the fact that we both really quite enjoyed this yeah. game. A surprise? No, it was more again like a, a confirmation of. Oh yeah, that was actually quite good. Wonder why I hadn't played that earlier. Yeah, probably how I would sum it up. There's a lot of like, um, I
0: always feel like like roulette until David brings up Alien Isolation. But like, I think there's a lot of sort (laughs) of there's a lot of sort of gameplay elements that are very similar to Alien Isolation is in this. And to me, this is an example of how to do it well. In that, like, Uh you create a stealth stealth. There's a lot of stealth parts of this game. Um, Yeah, the enemies are a genuine threat but for yeah. the most part once you encounter an enemy it's not fuck you you're dead it's right you're in a big you're in, you're in the shit here how are you going to get yourself out of it and i think like especially i'd say the first third of the game for me personally is the strongest part when you're just sort of the everything is still scary everything is still the unknown yeah, you're still yeah. walking into the rooms and you're right the the mm-hmm. mimics are genuine like also pretty pretty genuine threats the first third mm-hmm. of this game is fantastic
1: Probably the greatest surprise in within prey is how surprisingly open it could be for you to experiment with ways of playing the game. Oh um, yeah, really? You let accidentally you mess fucked about. yourself with it, but I definitely had the, one of my favourite moments, like singular moments of the year, was turning myself into like th- launching myself into a, across the room, jumping onto a ledge, and halfway through a jump. Turning myself into a coffee cup and being able to roll under some shutters to yeah. get into a room mm-hmm. was like one of the coolest things I did all year. But you got stuck somewhere by doing yeah, something like that, didn't you? I was,
0: um I can't remember oh, it was the bit where you've got to find and repair like those auto, auto shooting turret thing, turret guns. So oh, you can yeah. open a door um and there was a turret gun in a locked room. So I was like, Oh, I'll get myself in there, got myself into it. Realized that I couldn't get myself out, and I'd used up all my magic, well, magic, whatever they call it in the game, so yes. that I couldn't recup myself. Or I had like three seconds of being able to cup myself before it would like I would just go big again. And the only place I could, I could like maybe like jimmy my way out of this locked cage but it would be right in front of a person as soon as they see me turn into a cup and start rolling about they just start <laughs> shooting me so I was, I yeah that was the one I thing it. i didn't
1: like about that is that sometimes like if you turned into something that didn't matter yeah the enemies would just know you were there and attack you anyway and that kind of spoiled that a yeah. little bit sometimes like oh, i'm going to turn into a chair and just slide my way across the room but they would <laughs> just attack you i mean you were a moving chair that's fair enough but that's not what the game was selling me. I didn't think, but I don't know. I don't know if it's a if that's a surprise that I liked it because I kind of always thought I would. Mm-hmm. It was more just I thought, I, yeah, it just was better than I expected. Um, your number three that you put kind of ties into my number two. Yeah, I think um, so I'll let you talk about it in a sec. But yeah, you're, the fact that you outwardly said you loved the Zelda game. I don't think I've ever heard you say that before, and I've spent so much of my younger life in love with Zelda. I've got a whole cabinet full of Zelda stuff behind me. Um, I was so like over-the-moon happy that you genuinely really liked Wind Waker. That was one of my favourite surprises.
0: I'm hoping that we play another Zelda game this year in 2023 so I can sort of test. I don't know whether I just sort of... I'm at the stage where I'm just sort of enjoying the simplicity but what Zelda games offer and they just sort of niceness. Like there's, <clears throat> we're going to get into it a bit where currently, well, I'm, I'm finishing off God of War. You've finished God of War and we're speaking mm-hmm. about it. And as much as I like that game, there's things that happen and there's like big serious stuff or like attacking animals that just don't want to be attacked. Um, that I'm just finding exhausting and a bit of a drag, whereas I never, you never get that in a Zelda game, do you? It's always just pure joy, yeah. start to finish. And mm-hmm. there was something about sort of rediscovering just the fun in games that I've that I've found quite yeah, that makes a rewarding lot rewarding because I've gone from being like I've I don't know, maybe it's just because I've played a lot of them now and beginning to get fatigued, but like like having loved the last of us as much as i did over as many years as i have um i'm just finding that like the dark dreary always bad nine times out of ten there's a guy that's a dad that used to be a bad guy but is trying to be better yeah you know, i'm just finding <laughs> yeah. it a bit fucking exhausting now maybe it's, it could also just be the last few years with covid and stuff and like well yeah you know britain turning itself inside out with
1: brexit and the economy and yeah. stuff like that. It's just, yeah. It's supposed maybe. to be an escape, isn't it? Not a, yeah. not a continually fucking macabre, morbid depression fest. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, yeah, maybe that's it. And maybe it's just come along at the right time. And maybe now that it's come along at the right time and I've sort of found one, maybe the door opens for the rest of them that I think
1: maybe I'm going to become a fan in a way that. Uh, yeah. I wasn't. If before. anything, it's just a testament to how Nintendo's games the core games have been so, like, enduring over yeah. time. It's just how endearing they are and how fun they are and a pure, like, anyone-can-enjoy level that I think Wind Waker is, is one of the, the biggest proponents my, of that If feeling.
0: Someone to someone tell me to describe Wind Waker in a word. I, it, the first word that always jumps in my head is joy. And Mm. I think there's something to be said for that. And I think that's that's what Nintendo when Nintendo do a lot of things wrong, but when Nintendo are at their best, that is what they do best, better than anyone else. And yeah, I think I've I've sort of I'm sort of slowly rediscovering a, a love for this that type of just pure fun in games. Um so yeah, I think I think that's I think that's why. Um what will we talk about next, Alex? What, we, what have we got coming
1: up? Dino Crisis? Go yeah, go on. Dino- that's your one. That was your number two. Tell us, because I, I, I love Dino Crisis. Yes,
0: yeah, and I wonder if that's why maybe it doesn't ultimately make it. I'm also using Dino Crisis as a sort of um, proxy for the amount I've discovered that I've loved Resident Evil this year. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's probably, other than actually, and I, for some reason I'd forgotten all about it, but other than one of your 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 not your non game your non pod game of the year game. Um maybe that's my mm. favorite uh my favorite resi ish game. But yeah, like Dino Crisis was just again, it's just a fun, really engaging, takes the the Resident Evil formula and runs with it in a completely mad as a box of frogs direction and just sort of lives its best life like it it knows it's crazy, it knows it's over the top, it knows it's a bit silly but it just doesn't care and I think I just love that about it Yeah, Um, (laughs) it's not the best game I've played this year by a a country mile but it's some of the sort of most endearing memories I've got of playing in podcasts in this year's for Dino Crisis and us like watching each other play and just like laughing at like us tr- trying to like run around dinosaurs and lock them out of rooms and things like that, and then <laughs> yeah. the amazing voice acting was just something else. Yeah. I-, I wonder maybe if there's other stuff on this list. It's probably a best, better surprise in this because I didn't. I- ultimately, by the time we got to Dino Crisis we had played a couple of Resident Evil games by that point, so I probably knew I was going to like it. Um,
1: you probably felt the same way that I guess I did when I first played this. Your like element of surprise you had with it this year is the element I had with it with five years ago, mm. whenever it was that I first played it. Thinking, surely this is gonna, it just isn't gonna feel right. Like I, this can't be as enjoyable as an actual Resi. It'll be like the uh, 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 spin-off weird dinosaur shit. But yeah. no, it, it it's it's in it's different enough, but it feels familiar for, to the Resi formula enough that I just I love it so much. Probably one of my favorite spin-offs that's ever been made. Yeah, it's just. Here's all the shit that you like about Resi, the dumb tank controls. The do they have item boxes? No, they don't really, do they? Um but like the campy voice acting, the stupid animations, the gore, the different stupid puzzles that you have to do to get through doors. But also it has dinosaurs and it's just it's just it's just a genre I wish existed to a greater degree now, but yeah. probably never will for some reason.
0: No. No, but maybe we'll get there. I guess the the survival horror genre is making a having a bit of a renaissance thanks to the the Resident Evil remakes. Maybe we'll get there. Mm. Biggest probably. i mean not not best. One of the larger surprises I got in in connection to this was just how well. Dino Crisis 2 and 3 are received is at the time when <laughs> yeah. they were released in comparison because they're like, in my opinion, they're so much worse than this game. But a lot of people like them better. Which yeah, I, guess... I
1: am determined to give two a, a good college try, but I can't see myself enjoying it as much as that mm. because it's fundamentally not the same type of game. No, it's changed. And I like Dino Crisis because of the type of game that it is. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need it to be faster and more action oriented. I like it because it is that way. It is a Resi original style. I think um
0: I think looking at other games that we've got on this list, I mean we've got another couple to talk about, but I wonder Mm. if Dino doesn't make it, maybe we maybe we drop it. Okay. Um I think our our number ones have to be considered strongly and then we're Mm. we're looking for another one really and I just don't know if it makes the
1: makes the cut. But I don't know. How do you what do you think about it? I guess Yeah Primarily, I'm surprised that you didn't have Inscription, which is my number one, in your list. Because I I just had no idea what to think of this. I didn't know if this was a goer or what. It was just one of those games that I thought, like, this looks very interesting. Mm -hmm. I don't know if the game's going to be fun. I don't know if it's going to be up its own arse. You know, it felt like it was one of them kind of undertail y sort of things where everybody's talking about it. But is it going to land with us? Is it our kind of thing, or is it just going to be a bit of a like is we're we going to be groaning like oh God, look how clever this game thinks it is, but not only did I end up loving the game, mm. every part of the game, the amount of actual surprises that it threw at me yeah. as I, as I was playing is why I put it as my number one. number one, it surprised me. it was great. Number two, just so much mad shit happens all the all the stuff we've spoken about a few minutes ago, you know, all the meta stuff, all the weird story beats, the twists, the way the game changes how you play it. It's um yeah, it's nothing but surprises really. I think in my mind I have
0: overplayed so I knew that the game changed quite significantly after oh okay. Um I knew that the game the the sort of card game that you played eventually turned into in like into the the sort of top down what RPG, would you call it, mm-hmm. that it eventually mm-hmm. does. I knew that happened um, but that doesn't really take away from the other surprises that the game has and this game has got so many layers to it that that probably is it's obviously a big turning point of the game, um, but it's not the only turning point by any measure and the game has got a lot of mm. a lot of twists and turns so that's it's kind of why I was keen when, I, when you actually started speaking about it earlier on to probably keep this on on best surprise because ultimately is and i I never expected to be captured by the story in the way i was even when the Mm. game started i didn't expect it to grab me like it did and it certainly didn't expect it to take the turns that it did um yeah Yeah. this is a it's the the developer he's the one that made what's that horse is it the horse game something to do with a pony in it yeah pony island or something something remember. like that yeah but this he's a really interesting developer now this he's done an, this is obviously his most complete yeah. and coherent game I would say yeah um fascinating to see what he does next I guess
1: absolutely it just it was such an unknown quantity like yeah I had no idea if we were gonna like this or not I had no idea what to expect from it and it's on the even on the lowest sort of rung of is it a fun card game absolutely yeah like Really fucking fun.
0: Loved it. I'm pretty sure we spent a good thirty minutes after having podcasts about this game, searching Etsy to see if people had made cards, <laughs> yeah, which they had. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Still need to buy those, actually. Yeah. Um. In my number one game for best surprise was Symphony of the Night. I think this was just because I just I think I went into this game basically blind. Didn't know yeah, anything. Yeah, it was one of it. my
1: favourites of all time. Anyway, it's but now it's one of yours too, which yeah. I guess is
0: great. Yeah, it's become one of my favorite favorite games. Not just of like certain genres or eras. It's just like one of my favorite games ever now. And yeah, just it's it's a game like I say that at the beginning I knew next to nothing about. It didn't even look how I expected it to look. I think when I loaded it up, it just looked totally different. So hmm. I think it was the, the sprite and screen was much larger than I remember. So like I I okay. remember I'd spent oh, a lot you of just time watched, yeah. watching giant bomb play. Castlevania and Metroid games and yeah, I just obviously hadn't ever seen them play Symphony of the Night or just other ones and I just yeah, it just looked completely different but yeah that's, that's not a lot more to say about that really because we've no. spoken about Symphony of the Night already, it's just, I just didn't expect it to be what it was.
1: So how does that make you feel about a winner?
0: I mean, I think the winner's probably is Inscription, I mean it's the most Surprising,
1: isn't it? Like everything. And other well, other neither that. of us knew knew what to expect. I guess yeah. that's that's the only thing that knocks Symphony of the Night down is that I knew I loved it. Yeah, exactly. And I think this as a as like a singular
0: list, given that you knew about Symphony of the Night because it, it was already one of your favorite games, and I, I knew a couple of the things that Inscription did. I didn't know enough about it. I don't know all about it. I didn't. Yeah, I think it has to be winner Inscription, and then Symphony of the Night, and then David Loving elder game. Yeah, I think so. Hopefully, come the end of the end of twenty twenty three. Like I say, I hope there's another Zelda game up for discussion. But we will see. We don't really know what we're going to be covering over the next year. So I can't see
1: us not covering Tears of the Kingdom. But
0: oh yeah, that's true. That'll be out. That's <laughs> out in April. Oh my god, it's not long. Finally, not long. Yeah. Hopefully, as a segue, this doesn't bode badly. But next, we're moving on to worst game of twenty twenty two. Hit yeah, us with the nominees Nominees we have Ratchet and Clank, Medal of Honor Frontline Wario Land Resident Evil 5, Wolfenstein 3D Scorn We spoke about this earlier, this is a tough old one Because I don't actually hate any of these games
1: It um, well, we we, sounds like listeners already will be saying Hang on, you definitely hate Wolfenstein That's true um, <laughs> And Alex definitely hates Scorn The
0: thing is though, the thing is Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe I'm just drawing my parallels from the wrong place. But like, I don't hate it. I just don't think it's very good. Like, I understand why Mm. it was, how it was, Um, and I think like I can see that it's come from an era, and it's very of that era. I just don't ever want to play it again. But if it's in an art book, Mm. I'll look at the pictures.
1: Yeah, (laughs) we've both put it at number two, but I'm almost inclined to cut it because it's, it's it's just uh, it's just old yeah it's just old and unfriendly and archaic in terms of the way it's been developed because nobody had ever made a game like that before and fundamentally to play it like t- as i said earlier the gameplay itself is fine it's it's actually just getting mm. to the fucking end of it is a nightmare it's an ordeal yeah but i am i am tempted to cut that let's put it on the chopping block um, and see how we feel about the other ones yeah Ratchet and Clank was the first game we talked about this year and I think while we both enjoyed it for the most part I know for a fact that the humour did not land with us, the humor we were disappointed in the weapons
0: yeah I thought this was probably the worst weapons uh, that, I, that I can remember playing Like, was it the previous one for the PS4 that had like the, the, the dancing ball gun and stuff like that Like, and
1: guns that were yeah. like, yeah, and like this, the it yeah, the, just felt a lot more like actual guns, like, yeah, a lot of shotguns, and a lot of rocket launchers and stuff. Yeah, um, and I just really did not enjoy the story. That what was I can't even remember what it isn't it when like um doesn't that she gets really annoyed the girl gets really annoyed at the little robot and banishes her for a little bit and then forgives her almost immediately. Oh yeah, because she
0: becomes um, is she not like she's got like a rage problem or something or she like she can be dangerous yeah. or something like that like she can yeah and the girl's got like a metal arm and it was because of that wee robot chopped yeah. her arm off or something like that yeah and then they just they just make up really quickly
1: i just think it was just fundamentally there was nothing exemplary about it it was just a very standard experience from start to finish it was just like it it's another Ratchet game. why why does it exist yeah, yeah. It was it was a like a, a way for them to show the tech demo, like how quickly the PS Five can load stuff. Well, that's so the only that reason the, the rift
0: the rifts even existed. Yeah, that's it. it? Like, yeah, and I, ultimately, I'm not sure what the if whether the rifts actually improved the gameplay all that much. Um, no, and yeah, it just it just they felt didn't like, do enough with them. No, it. it I mean, we're gonna we're, we're gonna have probably I won't go into it deep because we're probably gonna have a big discussion about Sony big budget first party titles in the next episode but like yeah um i just don't like you're saying like, what does this bring to the table that every other mm-hmm. ratchet and clank game hasn't already brought to the table aside from it being yeah. shinier like i think yeah, i think like, it's actively for me, worse nothing. in some areas like 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 the, the the weapons aren't as fun the story isn't as fun the the jokes weren't landing the- the attitude has
1: just gone from it. It's, yeah. it's it's a it's a Pixar it's a bad Pixar ripoff rather uh, than yes something on. like a Futurama. It's, yeah, it's it's got it's totally changed. It's tacked after they put that shitty film out. Yeah, they've, you're they've spoiled so spot any on. It's just it just becomes irritating. Yep. Yeah, and and this is coming from people
0: that genuinely... Like I I remember I'm sure you went through a period of playing old Ratchet and Clank games,
1: and we put we put Ratchet and Clank two. As our game of whatever year it came out, two thousand right. or whatever, you and I loved that yes. game. Yes, and we really liked the PS4 one as well. I loved the PS4 four one. The- loved the PS4 mm. one. I
0: think I, I, that was part of the reason. Is like I went and I went and sat and got the platinum for the PS4 one. I just mm-hmm. couldn't even be bothered with this one. Just couldn't be bothered by the yeah. time I finished it. Yeah, there are fun bits. I thought the arena was quite fun.
1: Yeah, that was the best bit of the game. Yeah. That and the shield that turns into a shotgun blast when you yes. let go of the trigger—it's fucking amazing. That, yes. weapon. but again, it's not funny. It's just a cool thing.
0: I think this is maybe stays, and we. Come I don't back think to we it. cut this yet.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely.
0: Um, um, Medal of Honor Frontline is my number four, but actually, I kind of wish it wasn't. Um, it should certainly now that we're talking about it. Ratchet and Clank should be above that. I didn't hate this game. I like this game. It's a very, very good. Um, um, Second World War shooter But I think the controls Kind of feel the, feel yeah. a little bit Of the rage and I think that's probably what put me off The checkpointing like we spoke about Was also bullshit And the spawning in enemies Other than that it's, it's for the most part a really good game It's just old, yeah, a bit like Wolfenstein Yeah,
1: yeah. We, we spoke at the time, both sort of said to each other Like oh this, I remember this game This game's fucking awesome mm-hmm. And then it, it kind of wears you down a little bit But that first like the first time you drop back into the D-Day landing and stuff is is a special moment. Yeah. I think both both of us really enjoyed getting back into that again.
0: Yeah, and I think also playing it makes you realise how far storytelling in first-person shooter games has come because this game basically doesn't have any. It'll tell you a little... There'll be a little bit of a blurb at the start of each level and then you'll move on. That's right, yeah. There's basically no storytelling in-game.
1: No. But it's old. Which is mad considering I'm pretty sure Spielberg was behind... Yeah. To do with this game. Yeah. Yeah. Um but um yeah. Tell me about Wario Land Alex. I just it, it, this was just going in like looking at every single oh. game and thinking like Wario Land was fine. Um I preferred Mario Land 2. It's not a bad game at all. It's just one of the ones that I thought we played I mean we played so many great games this year and, and a lot of the games we played this year like my favorites ever. Yeah. So yeah. it was a big year. <laughs> Yeah, games like Symphony of the Night and and uh, Wind Waker and um, like Dino Crisis, Metroid Prime, Diddy Kong Racing—like none of these games were going to stack up anywhere close to those. So, Wario Land was just kind of like it was the one of the most forgettable for me because I've, yeah, sure, and. <laughs> I think if we look at the numbers of podcast downloads, I think that episode was our least listened to ever. <laughs> so we're not touching Game Boy games ever again, everybody. It, Even Pokemon, <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> but no, Ireland is a great, is a very good game. Yeah, it's just there was tw- uh, however many it is sixteen games I enjoyed more.
0: Yeah, yeah, fair. Um, Resident Evil Five again, like it's not an awful game. I, I was te- telling you before we started recording that it was a game that I loved when it first came out. I remember I played it co-op with my my flatmate at the time um, and then it had me sitting in lectures at uni reading through <laughs> Resident Evil Wikipedias to try and get my head around the lore and I was like, this game is great. I absolutely loved it. I loved the inventory management. I loved going hunting for gems to go shoot down. And then we played it again this year and I had fun playing a game with you but I came away thinking, oh, this game isn't actually that good um and i I, mm. I was it was the worst game of the year for me because it took a game that i i had quite a soft spot for and just rubbed dirt all over it so it kind of i th- i th- i think
1: yeah i'd probably already been there like having looked back at it and how i've got more i've always been massive into resi but yeah mm. when i look back at it i always think oh, resi 5 was one of the worst and even when we played it in co-op you could still tell that it's the the series was getting messed up it yeah. was going in a wrong the wrong direction yeah. before everything hit the shit mm-hmm. in the next one um which is again is a game that we you know if we actually want to talk about the worst game we played this year it's easily resi 6 it was just so bad we didn't podcast about it yeah we tried <laughs> but resident evil 5 <laughs> is to blame for resident evil 6 <laughs> and realistically we've cut so many now we've only actually got two games left that we haven't cut <laughs> and this I is the think. third so either this Either we bring one of them back, or we bring Wolfenstein back, I guess, and put it at number three, or we put Resi Five in there. I feel good at Resi Five being in
0: there. Like I say, um, it's 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 indicative. Like you said, it's indicative of a series that was on the slide at that point. Um, it's shat all over my memory of the game. It made us play Resident Evil Six. I think it's definitely probably number for me. It's maybe number three on our list after yeah. we've had the discussion. All right. And then Yeah, let's put it in there, because we've already given Wolfenstein most bullshit, so let's, let us we'll lay off it. Ratchet and Clank and, goes in at number two, and then in yeah. at number one,
1: doesn't even touch the sides, is the weird plucked chicken game that is Scorn. Yeah, and, and I don't ever want to talk about Scorn again, so if anyone wants to hear why we don't like it, just go back and listen to the podcast and <laughs> you'll hear me rant about how annoyed it made me.
0: I am quite looking forward to... Actually, it's your turn, Alex. Sorry, I'm jumping in.
1: Well, I think last year's Game of the Year Awards, we had the best like, non-podcast game just in general, and then the best one from that year. And we had five nominees for each, so we were just going on and on and on about games we hadn't even potted about. Whereas this year, we've just done one award that we're each going to have mm. a winner for, and it's our Outsider Award, which is our non-podcast game of the year. I will let uh David run through his sort of however many he wants to talk about in a minute. Um I, originally mine was uh Lost Judgment, which is easily the game I played the most this year outside of the podcast. I think I sunk 60 odd hours into that. It's a 2021 game. Um it's not by any stretch the best Yakuza game I've played. Mm-hmm. But I really didn't play that many games this year outside of the podcast or Sega Mania stuff. Yeah. So um uh, the best Sega Mania game I played would be easily would be uh, Rocket Knight Adventures on the Mega Drive. And I uh, really recommend anyone listening who's not played that, give that a shot. Um, also, uh, Probotector or Contra um, Hardcore, I think it is, is another incredible game. Basically, just play any Konami game on the Mega Drive. And almost all of them are incredible. Yeah. <laughs> um, but my winner is On Emotional Warlords, which is a, sh- a real shame that we didn't get a chance to podcast about, and I think we just ran out of time in uh, the summer. <laughs> we were like, it was like September the 30th, and we were like, we can't call this summer of Resi anymore, it's not at all summer. I think it also ran so, across, like,
0: it double-holidayed us, so like, by the time we had finished it, it had been like a month and we hadn't podcasted about it, Yeah, it like, it's so much time has passed. But we did play, this is this is the one that never was, this is like the lost I tell you episode. I'll tell
1: you why. It's, cause, it's because it was October. By the time we'd finished it, we had to do horror games. That's why we never mm. we never did it, because we jumped into Luigi's Mansion. But Onimusha Warlords, I think is pro- it has really? to be amongst the most underrated games. Um, so good, isn't it? In existence, because nobody talks about this game anymore. But it's like Samurai Resident Evil, mm. and it's just fucking brilliant. I haven't played the second or third one. I do own them. Oh no I have! I started playing the second one, didn't I? Yeah, they're all the second one's really good as well. But we played the, the remaster of this and again, absolutely picked that up.
0: Yeah, it's still good. And if the tank controls are someone that puts you off older Resident Evil games, this doesn't the especially the well the what the H D or the remaster mm. version doesn't have mm. that, so no. it handles how you would expect a modern game to play and it still feels good.
1: Yeah. It's quite short as well, mm. so it's nice and easy to blast through. Um really satisfying combat. Cool puzzles, nice like, a really cool setting, an amazing soundtrack, terrible voice acting, which you should want in a game like that for the <laughs> nostalgia of it. Um, yeah, just Honorable Warlords is fantastic. We, we had so, both of us had a really great time with yeah, it. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, it's just a shame we didn't get to talk about it for a couple of hours. But just know that we would have said nice things for the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what other guy? You've got a winner, but before you say that, you had quite a good list of, of stuff. You've deleted it from last spreadsheet, so I yeah, can't I deleted what you it. Had now, I mean,
0: I'll, I'll I'll run through a couple. The one, the one that um, it actually got me thinking. I was trying to think of the best Sega game I played this year. I'm mm-hmm. actually not sure what that is. The one that is stuck with me, and I think it's just because I like the intro music so much. Is
1: the Power Rangers fighting game. <laughs> you didn't really play a lot of amazing ones, to be fair. No. Um, you didn't get lumped with anything absolutely fantastic. The
0: thing I like about this is, though, is it sort of scratches that little itch I've got in the back of my head and that like the fighting game genre is a, a genre that is pass me by for some reason and uh, like must be one of the few we've not touched on yeah, as there's well. there's the odd game that I've played over the years like obviously like I'd had my time with Street Fighter 2 Turbo and then there yeah, was Killer yeah. Instinct on the Super Nintendo I think I played a little bit that's um, so
1: hard
0: that but like yeah for the most part like fighting games I know nothing about it, I don't understand the intricacies of it I don't understand like what makes people good, like the kind of things that I should be thinking about, I basically just jump and kick that's all I do Um and this game when i played it, it just sort of struck me as sort of baby's first fighting game and it's like it's really it's, it's easy to pick up and you smashed through it You <laughs> nailed through it didn't i um so yeah that yeah. was just a fun game and i think it's like one of my one of one of my sort of top there's plenty tops because that's such a good uh, sort of sound chip that the mega Drive has got but like it is a great sort of chip tune version of the actual theme tune oh yeah of that tv show um the other one i wanted to talk about well i played cult of the lamb this year and um, this ultimate was never yeah. going to be my winner but it, it's one that sort of is quite fun and um, it sort of came along and at the same time that i was being sort of disappointed by rogue legacy 2 and it's sort of a yeah it's sort of a simpler version of that but with base building mechanics added onto it um it's fun it's simple it's short um, I think if it had been any longer it wouldn't have been that fun, but yeah, it's, it's challenging, it's cutesy um, yeah, it's just a fun game for what it is, but it's not going to live long in the memory, I finished playing it, was glad it was over and then moved on with my life and haven't really thought about it again until now um, loop hero is a game that i want to play more of this year it's a game i got on steam
1: Um you basically you take control. I, and I got that on steam as well because i forgot we'd shared library Yeah, so i remember looking at my um, they there like ever? when did i buy
0: this it's a really great game that i want to play more of um basically you take control of this player that sort of finds himself in this sort of i don't know like voidscape. and as you sort of move around and do laps of this track you kill enemies which give you xp which you can then spend to sort of mountains and stuff which then give you buffs when you get to that area so like it'll it'll like give you rocks and things like yeah it's a game that if if you don't know what it is go and have a google um it's a really great one of those roguelikes and probably really really worth a look now you've sort of upgraded not that you you probably could have played it anyway but it's probably worth a look for you alex since you've got it in your library anyway
1: speaking of um worth a look and games that you maybe haven't played a lot of i um finally succumbed today and went on game pass and installed vampire survivors and saw you were listed as somebody who's playing it or has played it yeah you've not said anything to me about it um is it shit or have you just not sank enough time into to be up in love with it like everybody in the world apparently
0: i i I play it when I'm listening to a podcast and I want something to do with my fingers while I'm listening to a podcast if nothing else is going on in my life. I think I've probably put about 12 hours into the Steam version. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. I've put quite a bit into it. Um, it's really simple and it's it's one of these games that people are raving about, but I mean, I, I don't have the reverence for it that other people have for mm-hmm. it. It's just a game that you sort of walk around. And Did you ever, did you ever get caught up um in discussions when um clickers became a thing for a hot minute in video game industry in which is basically a game that plays itself it's like the call of duty leveling system but without any of
1: the gameplay attached it's just pure leveling yeah that whole thing just sort of passed me by yeah, but yeah i remember that was a thing it, for a while because they did it on giant bomb they still yeah. love a game like that i didn't know what was the one they always used to go on about don't remember now don't remember but like Jeff will still randomly
0: talk about some sort of like Easy's weed farm or some sort of rapper will bring out one yeah. <laughs> where you just all about weed and yeah, like it seems to me like that with a bit of gameplay added on to it. Like you, you're literally mm-hmm. just using the movement keys and moving around and walking into stuff. Um it's fine. I don't I think it's fun. I felt like I've obviously played it quite a lot. Um I just I don't I don't know if I quite get why people love it as much as they do. I think someone's going to have to explain it to me. Maybe KDB because I've heard yeah. him waxing lyrical about it. Maybe he'll have to explain. I saw it was just you and him on my Xbox
1: list yeah. of friends that <laughs> that had played it. So I was like, yeah, I need to chat to these lads about it. Uh, that's kind of how I expected I would feel about yeah. it. I would start and go, okay, yeah, I don't I don't get why this is the greatest thing since sliced bread, but no. it's fun. Yeah, um, but my winner
0: is Weird West which I think is an absolutely wonderful game. So it is like a classic top, sort of top-ish down, offset, top down, offset top-down. Would you call that um, asymmetrical? Isometric. Name? Isometric, that's the one. Asymmetrical, mm. you idiot.
1: Speaking of asymmetrical, I-, I really want to play Evil Dead the Game, and I don't know if you do. Yes,
0: but. yes. Because that is, yes, I want to play that. I think maybe we should Good. add
1: that to our list. Wait, wait till that's gone cheap and we'll... We'll get on it.
0: We were talking about Vampire Survivors there. Um, Another game actually is probably worth a mention that I've fallen down a deep rabbit hole of is anyone's looking for a game to play while they go to the toilet, Marvel Snap is surprisingly... Oh, see,
1: I was hoping you wouldn't like this (laughs) because I almost downloaded it the other day because everyone seems to think it's actually an amazing phone game. I haven't played a phone game for ages and if a man knows uh, phone games, it is you. Old Mobile Mondays man over here. Old Mobile
0: Mondays, yeah. If people are looking for a gateway drug into ccg collectible card games this is um this is the one it is really really simple easy to pick up within five minutes you know exactly what you're doing and then 10 hours later you'll find that you're actually sitting googling how to make the best of the sort of cards that you've unlocked and make the best deck that you can to like do certain things so whether you're wanting to like have a destructive deck or where you wanting to have cards that build on top of each other or yeah it's 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 give it a go mate it's good um okay it it for some reason it's unless i'm missing something it lacks the ability to play your friends again though so (laughs) i don't know why they've done that hopefully they'll add it but yeah collecting the cards is really fun and i've actually (laughs) just gone and bought the season pass for it today so i am that mug
1: well that that, you alluded to it there but if we we were doing a worst game of the year non-pod um resident evil reverse would be a Spanish <laughs> Nintendo flat. I, Speaking of games you can't oh, play with your fucking friends. Oh my god, yeah, okay.
0: Maybe we've got a Maybe we've got a Friday night games night and we can stream and Nah, I don't want to play that game ever again. nah no. I want nah. to talk about Weird West though. Yes, <laughs> like yes, a, you should. An isometric game and sort of wrinkle to this is it's sort of a classic top-down PC RPG. But the wrinkle to this is that or what I find interesting, apparently Weird West is a is a genre that I've just been unaware of. But um, yeah, the, so the setting in the West, but the thing is about this game, it's one of these games where you can, you, you play as, I think it's five different characters, mm. but once your sort of story ends with the first character, you pick up as a different character, but the world is is current. So you could go to the town that your previous character, if they survived, is living their life and speak to them. And then you can like get them to join up with your posse, and they'll come with you. And if you killed someone, they'll stay dead. And it's it's like you can kill absolutely anyone. So there can be key quest givers that you can just go up to and shoot in the head and walk away. <laughs> oh yeah. And the game will find a way to like figure out how to then carry the game on around you. It's just it's just that the system that this game is built on is really quite impressive the game is fun and it's quite engaging um, but yeah it's the systems that the games, there's like, there's another Wild West game that you can play in, on a browser now and I think it eventually came to consoles and I can't think what it's called But basically you were a kid and I think you're, does your dad get killed or your son gets killed and you basically you got to go off and try and figure out who the murderer was and you got to go and kill him but you can kill everyone in the game if you want the game just sort of <laughs> rolls with
1: it as you go and yeah that's a really cool game we nearly potted about this, but I just think I just think I didn't get round to starting. You never got around to it. We moved right we moved it. on. Yeah. By the time you'd finished it, and it was one, again one of those things where, if I'd finished it, you'd have forgotten about it, and blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a it's a game that someone's looking for a for a I quirk. still got it down. It st- installed. If you're ever looking for a quirky game to play, I think I'd. I'd Recommend you pick that up. So that's David's winner. Very brief little interlude, um, an update on it for David, really, on my uh JRPG randomization. Oh, yeah, let's uh, have it. Mission uh, Grandia is, is is lovely. I'm having oh, is a it? lovely time. Are with you that. gonna stick yeah. with it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Switch, so I can play it on the toilet and in bed and stuff. Um, but it's just you want to talk about games that are like full of joy and adventure. Mm. That is that is absolutely what's the it. story it's like? So
0: is it one that I could get <laughs> fucking dumb. I don't know. <laughs> How much is if you, it?
1: If you can if you can get I can't remember. Because this is the HD collection, so it comes with Grandia 2, which is like a like a way darker Dreamcast one that's got full 3D. This is like a Saturn one PlayStation as well. Um it's very I don't want to say childish, but it's it's kind of getting that way. Mm. It, it's 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 kind of like a like a Wind Waker style thing where there's you've got a little boy who just wants to go on an adventure. Yeah. And he wants to find out what's beyond the end of the world and that's your mission is to try and... At the moment I'm stowing away, I stowed away on a like a steam ship to try and get over to this new continent that he'd never been to before. It's pretty standard um, JRPG turn-based stuff. It's got a cool like... It's like almost like Chrono Trigger in terms of like you've got like a little meter that determines who's going first. It sure. shows you when your enemies... When the enemies are going to attack. So you can kind of if you attack them first before they get their move in, you can sort of cancel theirs. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going with it. It's um it's just it's just like a really pleasant '90s JRPG. I'm gonna I'm gonna
0: have a look after this podcast and see how
1: much. I don't best. know how much the HD collection is. It it kind of goes from being expensive to being on sale. But I would recommend on Switch over everything else because you're not going to sit in front of a TV and play this for hours and hours and hours. No. Which brings us to best game, Alex. It does. It does. And we're we're obviously we've been going for a long while on this pod as we generally tend to do, and we've spoken about most of these games, if not all of them yeah. already. So we just need to let's get the let's get the nominees out of the way,
0: which I believe is you. So we've got Super Metroid, Dino Crisis, Inscription, Diddy Congregation, Metroid Prime, Wind Waker, and Symphony of the Night.
1: There's a behind the behind the curtain peek for the listeners. We actually did rank every game. We played this year. Oh, each, did we? Individually. Oh, shit. So I don't know if you've actually sucked I by yours computer, but I just basically I copied and pasted the top five. Oh, <laughs> have it Mine's going to be nothing like it I bet you. You had Luigi's Mansion in there but you don't have that anymore.
0: I think I... What have you put in there did instead? I, you've
1: moved inscription up. You, you've moved inscription up above Luigi's Mansion.
0: I think I just felt inscription maybe had a bit more to offer. Whereas Luigi's Mansion was quite simple.
1: I, I put a lot of stake in super metroid uh talking about you know in in this awards ceremony but as it's not yeah it's not been shared by both of us i've already spoken about why it's a classic everybody who everybody listening to this should know what it is um i will cut that now but it's yeah it's it's one of my favorites it's one of my favorites of all time i guess we've i can got to see do... how it's, it's very much a snes game so if you're not you know if you're looking yeah. for a game in 2022 that's going to feel gonna give you a wow factor that's gonna knock your socks off. Super Metroid probably isn't that. It's just an incredibly well made SNES game. Yep. I think we've probably
0: got to cut Dino Crisis as well then, don't we? For this for I mean this is like this is a I mean technically technically, from a technical perspective, is it one of the best games? Probably not. this is again just my sort of what's that game that we played we must have been in twenty twenty one, the JRPG Oh this yeah that was um Parasite Eve,
1: yeah, that was our best is, surprise. I think Dino Crisis yeah.
0: is maybe my Parasite Eve of the year.
1: Yeah. I, I was thinking that, yeah.
0: So yeah, I think was, I'm happy to cut that. It's been mentioned in the best game
1: list, and that's it. I don't know why I put Metroid Prime above Diddy Kong Racing. So I'm gonna retrospectively I'm gonna fix, that, fix that. I'm <laughs> gonna fix that now and cut Metroid Prime. Because okay. Metroid Prime I think that Metroid Prime probably just has, you know, it has way more to it. It's a, Yeah. it's um it's a well, it's not a classic, but it's it is a classic. But it's, it is
0: it's one of it's, it's it's see if you remove that end boss, it's one of my favorite games right up to that moment. Yeah. The, what is the uh, Ridley that fight with Ridley? If it had finished there, I think it yeah. might be on my list. Yeah, it seems harsh. Yeah, that's fair.
1: It's yeah, it's just an incredible world that's so so good to explore. Even though there are points in it where it just becomes a little bit too. Long-winded with the backtracking. There is yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. Whereas Diddy Kong Racing is just, yeah, I love it so much. I thought Inscription
0: would be in your top five.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised it wasn't, but it's coming up against like all-time favourites, mm-hmm. and, and having only had one play this year, I don't know if it's had enough time to sink its way into me for me to say I prefer this to three games that I've loved for decades. Yeah. That's a that's a tough ask. Let's cut it. But Inscription is, I don't even know, is it a 2021 game? I can't remember when it came out. It's it's the, one of the best games of whatever, it, whatever year it came out. Mm. And if you've not played it, if you're listening to this, I don't know why, because you should have listened to all of our podcasts and then exactly. played all the games. That's the point. <laughs> but it's fucking, it's incredible. It's just, it's yeah. We've said enough about it. You should be playing it and that leaves three games that yes. i believe we have in order already yeah we've, we've basically agreed
0: dickon racing is third yeah which i think is well earned that is like i say it's it's, it's quite simple i guess um but it just does everything it everything it does it does it does almost flawlessly and i think it deserves to be on this list and, and in terms of memories this is some of my favourite memories of gaming over the last year um
1: and ever for me.
0: Yeah, it's just such a <laughs> such a great, great game. Wind Waker, number
1: two. Yeah, Wind Waker. I'm, I'm very surprised you've got it that high. Again, that's my best surprise of the year is that David really, really likes Zelda and I can't... I, I'm like nervous now that you want to play a Zelda this year and we're going to play one that you don't like and it's all mm. going to come crashing okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I just think, you know, like, this game has gone through such an interesting
0: journey over the years i mean like we spoke about it in our pod but like the how resistant people were to the art style and how great actually the art style is yeah yeah um yeah i I think i just i love just about everything about this game i love the nods to the other zelda games i enjoy i just love Mm -hmm. i think again to bring back sea of thieves like i just love exploring the seas in a what feels like a sort of open world like it's great. And it's just it's just the sense of discovery that this game creates is just second to none really. Um didn't much like the little beaky boy. What's he called again? He was a bit of an arsehole. Um The prince lad. You basically uh, do it you do everything for him while he lies in bed Ru- hugging hugging Ruto? a ball
1: Something like that. He's, yeah. a, he's a bit of a dick. Yeah. Yeah, he sucks. pretty ungrateful. Yeah. But he seems happy at the end. Yeah. <laughs> He's got he's got you know, he's got got a lot on his shoulders, he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders in the next few years. He's uh Yeah. Does he read got his some, head again? Oh no, I just mean he's like the prince, isn't he? So oh, okay, he's, he's got, uh, got some shit to deal got with. Some, got some important things to be doing when he grows up to be a big lad. Yeah. Didn't even help. He can't just be a postman anymore.
0: No. <laughs> I tell you what, mini games of of all the mini games, sorting the post is <laughs> up
1: there. <laughs> that is up there, that is for sure. That's a great game. <laughs> even better with a with a Wii remote if you could have done it that way. Oh, I've missed out. Be like a light gun game. Well, it's not on the Wii, and it's not on the Wii You it? almost
0: you liked that so
1: much no. you even tried to be a postman at one point. I know. That's that was what inspired me. I thought I'm so good at this. This yeah. is a doddle. <laughs> Unfortunately, none of the postmen had wings, so yeah. I was really disappointed. And
0: there was there was no
1: dragons living on your Post-box. i didn't get to sit under a dragon's arsehole no i didn't that was, the, that was the yeah this is just oh everything that paints out a postman's job to be it was just a lie it's just a lie you just can't <laughs> you can't trust it they've got no idea
0: if you're going to be a vampire though alex might be quite similar to castlevania symphony of the night i would guess i would hope so
1: yeah absolutely i mean what we don't need to say much more about it do we really no it's um it's not, the fact that it's sh- shot its way up to one of your, I think you said top five of all time, which is oh, magnificent. Probably, yeah. It's um,
0: I would actually need to sit down and make my top five of all times. See if it made it in there, but yeah, it's certainly up there. And it's it's like it's one of the best games on on the console it sits on. It's one of the best of oh, its yeah. of its genre. It's just one of the best. Doesn't games. really push
1: the console either. No, <laughs> it's like you probably it would have been. Some people would have been disappointed that it was only two D. It's not taking Castlevania. 3 well, yeah, I think that everything else on the PlayStation had to do
0: it had a bit of a Wind
1: Waker backlash about it, people were like Actually you're 3D. right. Yeah, it's it. one of those games that people have massively warmed to and it's become a, not just a cult classic but an actual you know, it's in a lot of yeah. people's top lists of all time mm-hmm. but when it was released it was something that people made it painted as a bit of a black sheep of why is this still 2D, what are you playing at what is this, the Saturn <laughs> Don't play it on the Saturn, by the way, anybody, because it's dog shit on there.
0: Oh, is it? That's a shame. Yeah. I guess that brings us to the close
1: of the 2022 Game of the Year Awards, Alex. We're looking forward to 2023. I was thinking for the end of this show, we we wrap up just by quickly putting out there right now something that you definitely want us to cover. Because my answer to that, I think I've mentioned this to you before, is I really want us to play... Mario uh, Super Mario RPG okay. on the SNES because um, I've never played it and you want to get into JRPGs and I this do. feels like a really good gateway to play like the Mario a gateway one. drug. yeah <laughs> trust Mario, it's <laughs> a gateway mushroom so to speak of getting into JRPGs that is my game that I desperately want us to play this year I think I did have one more but I can't remember what it is but I'll let you go before that if I try and think what it is oh fuck it Enslaved Odyssey to the West. There we go. That's the one. It's locked. Saying, it's
0: locked. I've been trying to get that game in the pod since before this was a podcast. Been banging on a bit. I'm actually interested to see how this has aged because I've not played it since I played it on 360. So It could have gone downhill, but I remember it being very, very good.
1: It's Sandy Circus, isn't it? Yes. Did he do the mocap? Yeah, he did.
0: He did the mocap. cap yeah.
1: It was, um, it was a Legacy of Kane I wanted to try as well, but I don't know if that's did you i just saw that i just saw that in a documentary recently yeah it's probably another thing that jogged my memory of wanting to play it <laughs> might have been i don't know gamers or something Give us.
0: but yeah so locked in what have we got super mario rpg and enslaved odyssey to the west i'm looking forward yeah. to this yeah that's gonna be great yeah especially because like i think even the even the main character the anti circus lad in Enslaved looks a bit like because it's Unreal Engine on the Xbox 360. He looks a bit like if Marcus F- Phoenix had sex with a chimpanzee. That's what would come out.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And I guess that's it. That brings us to the close. Oh no, I suppose we better do a, a little bit of a rundown. Do you want to give us a rundown of
1: our winners? To run through the winners of this year's awards. The best story the winner was inscription with Firewatch and Prey in the two and three slot best gameplay was symphony of the night followed by diddy kong racing and elden ring most bullshit was wolfenstein 3d the checkpoints in medal of honor uh, frontline and the inventory system in resident evil zero best surprise was inscription followed by symphony of the night for david and david loving his zelda game or just wind waker if you are david uh the worst game was scorn followed by ratchet and clank and resident evil 5 our outsider award for a non-pod game of the year was: mine was Onimusha on Warlords, David's was Weird West, and our winner for best game of 2022, I guess, is <laughs> Castlevania Symphony <laughs> of the Night, followed by Legend of Zelda Wind Waker and Diddy Kong Racer. <laughs> My, topical. We are on the, the cusp of the zeitgeist of modern gaming, rid that.
0: We are. What was our Telling best game of what last? Know. What was our winner of last year for best game? Best game was Super Mario World followed by Resident Evil Village and Death Door. Okay,
1: at least we we're a bit How more. How the fuck did Resident Evil Village get in there? <laughs> that is <laughs> mental. Death Door. Oh yeah. Death Door is great. God, best pod game was non-pod game was fucking Apex, Apex Legends. Legends. I put Lost Judgment last year. Why did not I even talk about it this You're year? Still
0: going. <laughs> Maybe you just start playing Christ.
1: it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, um, I think that's what it was,
0: yeah. Which, yes, brings us to the end of episode 50 of the Resurrected a winner Is You podcast. If you want to check out what we've been doing, you can give us a follow on Twitter, which is at Winner Is You. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, that's correct. You can send us an email pod, a Winner is You pod, apologies. And you can send us an email if you want to ask us a question or give us abuse for those terrible picks, which is a Winner Is You pod at gmail.com. Uh, You can follow Alex on Twitter, which is Super Yeah, And you can follow me on Twitter, which is at DavidSmiley1, S-M-I-L-L-I-E. And I think that's it. Thank you for listening. I've been David, he's been Alex, we have been a winner as you, and I'm out. Keep gaming in
1: 2023.